In keeping with uh, our tradition, uh, I now bow to to my right and I bow to my to my left. Uh, and having done so, uh, I will now request the delegates to observe a moment of silence for prayer or, or meditation. No, thank you very much. Uh, honorable delegates, uh, before we proceed, I would like to remind you of the, the following, that the visual sitting constitutes the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that the place of the sitting is deemed to be Cape Town, where the seat of the National Council of Provinces is, that delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers, and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for the purposes of, uh, of, 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 of the quorum, all delegates who are logged onto the virtual platform shall be considered present, that delegates must switch on their, their videos uh, if they, they, they want to speak, and that delegates uh, should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted, and must always remain muted. That the interpretation facility is active, uh, and, and that has been noted, that permanent delegates, uh, members of the executive, uh, uh, special delegates and the representatives are requested to ensure that the interpretation facility on their, on their, on their gadgets are properly activated to facilitate access to the interpretation services. Uh, that any delegate wishes to speak must use the raise your hand the function and or icon. And as, as we usually say, uh, that by now members are familiar with the use of the raise your hand function or icon. Honorable delegates have been informed that there will be no notices of motion or motions without uh, notice. We will therefore uh, uh, proceed. Uh, and before I proceed uh, to the first order, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome the Minister of, uh, and Deputy Minister of Transport, <laughs> the Minister and Deputy Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment, MECs, Salga representatives, and all special delegates to, to the House. Uh, so honorable delegates will now proceed to the, to the first order, policy, policy debate, on budget vote uh, 40, transport appropriation uh, bill. I will therefore call uh, upon the Honorable uh, Minister, uh, Honorable F. Um, uh, Malula, Minister of Transport, to open the, the, the debate. Uh, Honorable uh, uh, Minister. Honorable House Chair. Chairperson of the Select Committee on Transport, a Public Service and Administration, Public Works and Infrastructure, Honorable Kenny Mwema, Dear Deputy Minister, Ms. Sindisiwe Chikunga, members of the Executive Council responsible for transport, Honorable members, fellow South Africans. 
I must start by thanking the Select Committee of Transport, Public Service and Administration, Public Works and Infrastructure for its robust and uncompromising oversight. Your leadership and guidance has kept us on a path that places the aspiration of the people at the center of our service delivery agenda. The profound words of the renowned American poet, novelist and activist Maya Angelou set the tone for our budget vote this year when she said, I quote, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel, close quote. This is the essence of our approach to service delivery, delivering services that people can see, can experience, and more importantly, transform their lives in ways that make them feel the progress we are making. Over the medium term, the department's planned expenditure will increase at an average annual rate of 7.7%. This means an increase from 69.1 billion in 2022-2023 to 3 to 81.6 billion in 2024-2025. The road transport program facilitates activities related to the maintenance of the country's national and provincial road network. An allocation of 76.4 billion goes to the South African National Roads Agency, SANRAL. Transfers to SANRAL account for 33.5% of the department's budget over the medium term and 65.5% of the budget of the road transport program. Over the medium term, 45.3 billion or 59.3% of the allocation to SANRAL is budgeted to upgrade, strengthen and refurbish the national non-toll roads network. An amount of 2.8 billion is allocated to the Moloto Road, which traverses the provinces of Gauteng, Pumalanga and Limpopo. A budget of 3.7 billion is allocated for the N2 Wild Coast project in the Eastern Cape, and 2.1 billion allocated to fund reduced tariffs for the Gauteng Freeway Improvement um, Project. We've been working closely with the Minister of Finance to finalize outstanding matters that will enable the final determination by Cabinet on the funding of the Gauteng Freeway Improvement Project. We have no doubt that the delay in making the final decision on ETOLs negatively affects the central balance sheet and its ability to raise capital for its catalytic projects. This is a matter cabinet insists with, and a pronouncement will be made once the final decision has been taken. The maintenance of provincial and municipal roads remains one of our biggest challenges. We have a collective responsibility as different spheres of government to ensure that these roads are managed within a framework of national norms and standards to maximize their role in enabling economic activity and access to social amenities. The maintenance of provincial roads is largely funded through the Provincial Roads Maintenance Grant. A budget of 337.4 billion has been allocated to the PRMG over the medium term. 
Over this period, we have earmarked resources to finance the acquisition of Central Roads Data Repository that will provide a comprehensive and uniform overview of the state of South Africa's provincial roads. Through our collective efforts with the private sector and civil society, we will embrace creative solutions to decisively tackle potholes that have become a defining character of our secondary and tertiary road networks. This financial year will reprioritize our resources to establish a project management unit that will serve as an engineering and project management knowledge repository to assist provinces and municipalities in giving traction to projects funded through conditional grants. This unit will also serve as a hub to monitor and track our portfolio of capital projects across all our entities. We'll ensure requisite support on capital programs of our entities. This unit will tap into engineering and project management collective capacity of all our entities, reinforced by collaboration with other organs of state. Our efforts to reduce carnage on our roads by 25% in 2024 remain firmly on track. We have been making steady progress with the reduction of fatalities by more than 15% since 2019, 2020. Although the reduction is largely attributed to reduced traffic volumes due to COVID-19 restrictions, the increased visibility of our officers on the roads also played a significant part. We are making progress towards classifying traffic policing as a 24-hour, seven-day job. We must commend the provinces of Gaute, Mpumalanga and Limpopo for having secured resolution by executive councils, taking them a step closer to full implementation. The completion of this process will enable us to table the matter before the general public sector bargaining council during this year. As a lead agency in traffic law enforcement, the allocation to the RTMC increases from 224 million rand in 2022-23 to 229-2024-2025. Over the last five years, the operating model of the Road Accident Fund, which was anchored around litigation, saw the actuarial liability of the RAF increase exponentially. To address this unsustainable model, the RAF adopted a new strategic plan in the 2020-2021 financial year. Through this plan, a new operating model was adopted, which was anchored on reducing legal costs and therefore a move away from litigation to claims management, thus prioritizing early investigation and settlement of claims within 120 days. Improving efficiencies at the driving license testing centers will be driven by a new service delivery model that will not only improve the experience of the motorist, but will significantly reduce turnaround times. We have agreed with provinces and Salga on a bouquet of services that will improve the experience of the motorists when they visit the DLTCs. This includes the online payment system and the deployment of smart enrollment infrastructure. The RTMC is finalizing an agreement with the Health Professions Council of South Africa to enable motorists to do an eye test at an optometrist of their choice and results directly uploaded in the system. 
We are making headway in tackling the backlog in the printing of driving license cards. Since January 2022, the driving license card account DLCA has produced 1,026,674 cards. As on 16 May 2022, we remain with a backlog of 526,841 cards. We are confident that this backlog will be eliminated by the end of June 2022. We remain resolute in our commitment to position public transport as an enabler of three-shift economy that will accelerate our economic recovery interventions. Capacity challenges in the implementing integrated public transport uh, networks, IPTNs, in some of the cities have given rise to complications that have either delayed or stalled progress. The suspension of the cities of Msunduzi, Buffalo City, and Bombela had the effect of delaying delivery of a public transport system that responds to the needs of the citizens. We will work with these cities and assist them to comply with the national treasury requirements to get back in the fold of the public transport uh, network grant. The rollout of the IPTNs will equally be strengthened by the establishment of an oversight mechanism under the leadership of the minister and the political principles of the relevant cities implementing IPTNs. This will ensure accountability for the implementation of the IPTNs at political level. Seven cities are already operational and are working towards expanding current services. These are the city of Cape Town, George, Ekuruleni, Johannesburg, Tswani, Nelson Mandela Bay, and Pulugwani. Pulugwani is operating a starter service, which will be scaled up to a full service. Three additional cities are working towards the launch of new services. These are Rustenburg, Mangaung, and Eteguin. Eteguin is currently experiencing challenges due to unsuccessful negotiations with taxi operators on the affected routes. Over the medium term, all 10 cities are expected to be fully operational with expansions to directly serve major townships. The grant has allocation of 20.4 billion over the medium term. The grant has been reduced by 754 million in 2022-23 and 105 million in 2024-2025. These reductions are aligned to the city of Cape Town's revised implementation plan and cash flow projections for the My City Public Transport Network, funded through the budget facility for infrastructure through this grant. Through this facility, an amount of 621 million is allocated through this grant over the medium term for phase 2A of the city of Cape Town's My City Public Transport Network, linking the deserved areas of Kailicha and Mitchell Spain to the city center. Transfers to the cities of the public transport network grant are set to increase at an average annual rate of 14.3% from 6 billion in 2022-2023 to 7.7 billion in 2024-2025. Over the medium term, 76 million has been allocated towards expanding the capacity for public transport grant monitoring. The department has commenced with the process to produce, to procure expert and technical services to monitor, oversee, and fast track implementation at the city level and improve spending efficiency and probity.
cities and provinces must deliver on their public transport executive obligation. As such, we will not hesitate to invoke provisions of Section 55.6 of the National Land Transport Act. This section empowers the minister to take appropriate steps that include issuing directives to provincial executive and municipal councils when a province or a municipality cannot or does not fulfill an executive obligation relating to public transport. These directives are mandatory and must be complied with. We are on course in the implementation of 2020 Texili uh, resolution. Uh, key among this is the finalization of a subsidy policy underpinned by a public transport funding model. Our rail infrastructure is in a major state of disrepair because of theft and vandalism that has crippled our rail recovery interventions. The criminals who continue to undermine our efforts to provide a reliable commuter rail services must face the full might of the law. And we've got not less than over um, 28 uh, criminals who have been locked up in terms of uh, this intervention. We have equally called for the ban of scrap metal exports who provide a perverse incentive for this criminality. We remain ready to work with the Minister of Trade and Industry and competition to ensure that such a ban becomes a reality. The implementation of our multidisciplinary security intervention has gained traction. With the employment of the full complement of 3,100 security personnel at Praza, this capacity has been reinforced with the construction of walls in certain sections of the network and fencing in others. Capital transfers to Praza uh, will increase from 12.6 billion in 2022-2023 to 13.5 billion in 2024-2025. These funds will be channeled towards refurbishment of coaches, rolling stock, fleet, renewal, signaling, and other capital projects, which include security of the rail infrastructure. For the first time this year, after a very, very long time, after the years of Shifambo, Siabangena, Siangena, for the first time, we have disaggregated the, the, the Praza has disaggregated the implementation of capital project and the awarding uh, to uh, different uh, uh, interested and uh, those who have won uh, the tenders at Praza disaggregated about uh, to about 5 billion rand allocation for general overhaul. This is a good sign in the right direction because we see now Praza beginning to spend on capital projects. Operational transfers to Praza are expected to increase from 7.2 billion in 2022-2023, billion in 2024-2025. In recovering commuter rail services, we had to adjust the timelines for the resumption services in a number of these corridors due to factors beyond our control. The Mabupani-Pretoria-Johannesburg-Naledi line is a core network of Prasa in Gauteng and a major priority for Prasa recovery. The same can be said of Cape Town, Langa, Kailicha, Captain, Captain Slip corridor in respect of Cape Town, which is referred to as the central line. Prasa's corridor recovery plan has identified 10 priority corridors for resumption of services. Five out of 10 has now been recovered, and then we're looking forward to full recovery by November this year. 
and then we've got all those corridors that we can mention from Cape Town to Pretoria, from Pretoria to Umlazi, and all around the country. The Mobani line has already resumed services, which has been undertaken in two phases. Phase one implementation currently in full swing with five stations operational in Pretoria, Hercules, Mountain View, Pretoria North and Mabupani. See new trains have undergone the 120 kilometer test and are ready for service. Phase two will see an additional 15 train stations renovated and brought back into service. More train trips will also be introduced with shorter headways. The return to service of the central line is also being undertaken in phase two. Phase one entails restoring services on the Cape Town, Belleville, Langa to Pinelands, and Nyanga segments. We anticipate the completion of the rehabilitation works and resumption of services by end of July 2022 for this phase. We must also appreciate that the Langa to Belleville via Sarepta is currently affected by illegal occupation. And we are dealing with that. And we're looking forward to moving the occupiers very soon from the line. Phase two entails the recovery of Nyanga to Krisani segment as well as Nyanga to Captain Cliff. These segments will take longer to recover due to the extent of the damage of the in- infrastructure. We anticipate completing, completing this recovery and resume services by December 2022. I want to thank all my colleagues in particular the Department of Human Settlement and as well the city of Cape Town and the province for working with us to recover the service at the faster pace. In conclusion, this year we will be hosting the International Maritime Organization World Maritime Day parallel event in October. It is our expectation that delegates from the 173 member countries of the IMO will descend on our shores in Deben for this prestigious event. At the end of the event, we'll hand over the flag to the next host, the Islamic Republic of Iran. I hereby table budget vote number 40 of the Department of Transport. Chairperson, I thank you. There seem to be some problem here, but uh, uh, we'll now proceed to Honorable K.M. Muima. Uh, please proceed. proceed. Uh, Visit to 
Uh, indeed, uh, allow me to rise on behalf of the African Initial Congress to express uh, our support uh, uh, behind the uh, uh, budget established by Honorable uh, Minister, uh, informed by our appreciation that uh, uh, the road infrastructure is indeed an effective way to improve uh, road safety and uh, it helps communities by increasing access to jobs, stores, schools, and other recreational facility. A lack of high quality and safe roads impacts people's daily activities. And indeed this means, Honorable National Chair, that the economy needs reliable infrastructure Particularly around transport to connect supply chain and efficiently move goods and services across borders. As mentioned, infrastructure connects households across metropolitan areas to higher quality opportunities for employment, healthcare, and education. As a result, the department, uh, we are appreciative of the presentation that they made to us in terms of the budget and also the APP, uh, in terms of the identification around eight areas that are its priority for the next coming three years. Amongst those priorities, Chair, that has been identified the safety is an enabler of service delivery, public transport that enables social emancipation and economy that works, infrastructure built that stimulates economic growth and job creation, and building a maritime nation and elevating the ocean's economy. More than that, accelerating transformation towards greater economic participation innovation that advances efficiencies and supports a continuous improvement model. And lastly, the governance that is more efficient and also effective and accountable. These are priorities that align with the NTSF. But more than that, the minister in his uh, budget speech clearly indicated that he is following on the queue as set out by President Ramaphosa in his State of the Nation address, where four areas were accentuated, uh, namely the rehabilitating the passenger rail network in 10 priority corridors, as he indicated, uh, using infrastructure fund to invest in transport, uh, implementing the rural roads program through using labor intensive methods to construct or upgrade 685 kilometers of rural roads over three years. And lastly, introducing measures to curb the theft of scrap metal or cable on the country's infrastructure, including trains. Indeed, uh, National Chair South Africa is a developing country which has many historical challenges to deal with to ensure social and economic transformation. And any modern economy is dependent on its transport system for its efficient functioning. 
Therefore, the economy of the country requires inclusive economic development and growth for it to defeat our triple challenges. And this will indeed require a concerted focus on the implementation of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. This requires the recovery of transport sector in all modes of transport from the effects of COVID-19. It's worse when we are also confronted with the devastating floods in the parts of KZN and Eastern Cape, which also will need uh, the transport infrastructure that must be resuscitated. Honorable National Chair, in executing our oversight over vote 14, furthermore, we are guided by what one of our outstanding African revolutionary of Guinea-Bissau, that day, America Cabral has said, I quote, we must walk rapidly, but not run. We must not be opportunist, nor allow our enthusiasm to make us lose the vision of concrete reality. This is so because the restoration of road, rail, and port infrastructure is imperative for the normalization of economic activity in the province. And as a result thereof, uh, we appreciate the effort by the department in terms of uh, focusing on the transport infrastructure in terms of port, in terms of rail, in terms of road in the KZN province, which was also impacted. And indeed, this impacts on the economy of the major industrial heartland of the country in Gauteng and therefore requires to be restored as a matter of agency. And we appreciate the leadership that the ministers provided to one of its entities, Sandra, to come to the party. Indeed, Honorable Chair, the transport sector supports the functioning of many other economic sectors in terms of mining and manufacturing industry, as well as the tourism and leisure industry. So therefore, the sector therefore creates jobs, both directly and indirectly, and plays a critical and strategic and positive role in the economy for all. Therefore, this budget policy vote on transport is occurring at a critical conjecture in the economic development of the country. It is critical that the country is able to reverse the triple challenges of poverty, inequality, and unemployment. The transport sector is a key driver to ensure inclusive economic development and growth. The National Department of Transport National Chair has a number of critical vacancies which require to be filled to ensure that programs of the department can be efficiently executed. And the transport sector requires skills and capability for its development, and the department should seek such skilled and capable people to fill the vacancies. There are a number of entities which report to the department and are implementing arms which operate in all uh, our provinces. And it is therefore these entities that must also focus on enhancing its capacity. It is imperative that these entities are able to follow the leadership role of the minister of putting much more emphasis on uh, good corporate governance and financial management and accountability. Indeed, Honorable National Chair, these entities manage large budgets and projects on behalf of the National Department of Transport and therefore need to be fit for purpose. Many of these entities also need to ensure that indeed they follow the line. The next critical leg in developing an efficient transport system, the National Chair, lies in the coordination between National Department of Transport provincial departments of transport, 
is with regard to public transport, whilst provincial roads and traffic are a provincial function that operates within common legislation and regulation. However, at this juncture, it is important that there is a heightened coordination between national, provincial, and municipal uh, entities uh, to ensure that indeed the norms and standards are set out by the national department in terms of its uh, policy is followed to the latter. Furthermore, Chair, the civil aviation is crucial for the countries, given its geography being far away from the major markets. It is the most efficient mode of transport. It contributes substantively to the development of tourism and hospitality sector. Therefore, the state entities which operate in this sector, like Airports Company of South Africa and Air Traffic and Navigation Services Authority, must operate on a world-class standards as legislation and regulation guides to ensure that the operation of these entities are driven on global standards. The civil aviation industry was the last transport mode to commence functioning since the outbreak of the COVID-19 outbreak. So therefore, these entities have also been stable from a governance and financial point of view. The major airports in the different provinces are functioning and operational. However, the impact of COVID-19 pandemic has meant that the civil industry has not fully recovered. And it is important as part of the civil, civil aviation program of the department that it focuses on recovery of civil aviation. Indeed, the National Chair Civil Aviation contributes substantively to trade and tourism industry, which are major job creators. Therefore, there are many regional airports in the different provinces which were also negatively affected and have not been operational for a while. And this also required to, to be nursed back to financial health. Indeed, some, some of those provinces that do not have uh, such regional airports like the Northwest, it is important this matter is given priority. Civil aviation is also a key component of the economic recovery of the country and requires to optimally contribute to the GDP of the country. Furthermore, Chair, uh, the major costs in the different provinces of the coast require development as those ports are important for the export of goods and freight as well as imports into the country. So therefore, the Maritime Authority has a critical role to be given guidance by the department. These ports are linked by rail and road to the inland markets and therefore positively contribute to all provincial economies. Recently, the devastating floods affected the port of Deben, which is the largest port for the import of goods and export. Port operation requires restoring and normalized as a matter of agency. This post operation not only affects the economy of KZN, but also that of the inland market. The envisaged expansion of the port and container terminals needs to also focus on dealing with abnormal further growth patterns. National Chair, a culture of public service and efficiency needs to be developed to improve service delivery in the transport sector. This means that the backlog in driver's license, as the minister alluded to, and the issue of efficiently printing this require more uh, resolution. Of course, we know the progress made, but it is important that in future, uh, we must be able to anticipate such setback. There's also a need to ensure that the reception service in all provinces to renewal, for renewal of vehicle licenses and motor vehicle registration. The public require a smooth, pleasant and efficient process and need to be serviced as such by the Department of Transport 
at all three levels of government. Moreover, the work of parliament in relation to the uh, select committee is characterized also by processing legislation for the different areas in the transport sector. This legislation is to ensure that the sector is governed on world-class standards and more specifically to ensure safety standards. There are a number of regulatory bodies which have been created and a number are in the process of being created like the economic regulator. It is imperative, National Chair, that all these bodies ensure efficiency in the transport sector in all provinces and that costs are kept at a level which affords the people access to the different modes of transport. If transport is not available at the cheapest possible cost, it can create structural inflation and increase the cost of doing business in the different provinces. This requires efficient economic regulation of individual sectors and an integrated approach uh, to ensure that the transport sector contributes to economic development and growth. More so, National Chair, the transport sector functions largely on fossil fuels, which emit greenhouse gases. It is imperative that a process commences between the national department and the provincial departments to develop a plan for the reduction in greenhouse gases in the transport sector. Global regulations and the country's commitment to international agreements require such planning to occur and upon government approval for its implementation in an international case studies in terms of changes to public transport sector to reduce greenhouse gas emissions is instructive for South Africa. And therefore, the study that has to be done will have to focus on road, rail, and maritime pollution and the changes which will... As you conclude, Honorable Thank you, National Chair. As I conclude, there are many pressing tasks to ensure that the development of the transport sector in all modes of transport and throughout the daily chain of the different modes. The majority of people who are dependent on reliable public transport system in terms of road and rail in the provinces wish to see improvement in the infrastructure and an efficient service at the cheapest possible way. Therefore, infrastructure, particularly transport, maintenance and development is the key driver to ensuring an efficient and functional transport. Indeed, the select committee will be engaged in an oversight over different modes of transport in the provinces and wishes to see progress in the different spheres to transport. It is a critical part of creating a better life for all and ensuring economic development and growth. The ANC support the policy vote on transport. Thank you, National Chair. Thank you very much. We'll now proceed to Honorable Tim Protestas. Honorable Tim. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, Honourable Minister, Honourable Members, fellow South Africans. Elizabeth Browning is famous for penning a poem that starts with the following words. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. When considering this budget, I'm certainly not in a romantic mood. So allow me to alter the title of the poem. How do I reject thee? Let me count the ways. It should be clear by now that the DA will not be supporting this budget, and I will now list some of the reasons why. The budget itself. Given the undeniable facts that the transport systems enable an economy, a 1.1% increase after inflation shows a complete lack of imagination and foresight. The transport infrastructure in South Africa is literally falling apart and this government sees fit to only allocate 6.5% of the fiscus 
to this essential function. So much for a commitment to the infrastructure of South Africa. It is all well and fine for Infrastructure South Africa to pursue big builds, but they are absolutely useless if South Africans cannot actually get to them. Perhaps the minister will build a nice road to Minister Mtetwa's ridiculous 22 million rand flagpole. The second issue is the spend on rail. The department proposes spending 12.6 billion on new rail infrastructure. These funds should be spent on restoring existing infrastructure and providing minor linkages at crucial points to open up rail transport infrastructure. The current approach shows a complete and utter disconnect of a government that does not understand rail. After all, under their watch, 95% of rail services have evaporated over the last decade. The third issue is the spend on consultants. The department has revealed its inherent incompetence by increasing the consultant budget by a whopping 73%, despite numerous vacancies in the department. This shows the department is completely naked and exposed in terms of skills, to the point where they are forced to employ consultants to cover the knowledge gap. The ad hoc employment of consultants will never lead to a coordinated approach to mobility challenges. This state of affairs clearly shows the evisceration of competence caused by almost three decades of co-deployment, jobs repel social policy of the governing party. The fourth issue is the spend on roads. Here, the priorities of the department are completely skewed. The lion's share of the budget goes to Sanral, and the scraps on the floor go to the provinces. Whilst it is understood that blue light convoys stick to the national roads, it may be a lesson for them to occasionally traverse provincial roads where they're able to see where the government's funds should really be spent. Sanral looks after only 10% of the road kilometres in South Africa, and yet the nine provinces combined are left with a paltry amount to spend and repair 90% of the critical infrastructure that would link communities to the national road network. To add insult to injury, Sanral recently simply cancelled over 17 billion rands worth of road build contracts. The reason given, and I quote, the tenders were cancelled due to a material irregularity in the tender process, where a resolution was made by the board in January 2020 was not implemented in the evaluation of the said tenders, I end quote. This development has created a crisis in the industry, as these contracts had already been awarded and the companies involved had already started their necessary planning. So the question is, what is this material irregularity? Why did the BEC and BAC processes fail to discover the problem? And what is the board resolution that was implemented in these processes? Perhaps the minister who's here today can answer these questions. Finally, driver's license. In terms of this essential services, the department remains firmly rooted in the 20th century, despite, despite the advancements around them. They persisted in using an antiquated printing press to deliver license cards, and this sale system failed when the machine packed up, with no backup machine, nothing. And thus we sit with a monstrous backlog of frustrated South Africans waiting for their licenses. Instead of seizing the opportunity to make digital versions of the licenses available on an app that a teenager could develop, ask Elon Musk, the department chose to, ironically, reinvent the wheel. South Africans were advised that the security on the licenses was insufficient, with no details as to why, 
and that a new card would need to be developed, but only after the approval of Cabinet. Obviously, there's lots of licensing experts in Cabinet. And would only be available in November 2023. In terms of the digital license, that format will only be available on July 2024, more than two years from now. Given the pattern of government in not getting things done on time, I would advise that South Africa's I would advise South Africans not to hold their breath. In conclusion, Mr. Chairperson, I could continue the ways in which the DA rejects this budget, but that would take the entire time allocated to this budget. Transport is mobility. Mobility represents freedom. We have to plan properly, and that planning starts at the threshold of a rural village. Sorry, a threshold of a rural dwelling to a village to a town, to a city centre, from a harbour to the train or truck, to the infrastructure needed to move goods around the country. Unless every step of that journey is taken into account, unless we employ the professionals needed, unless we stop stealing from ourselves, we will never reach the mobility goals of South Africans. International best practice must be adopted and we must move into the 21st century to make our country competitive. I thank you. You are next? Yes. We will now proceed to Honorable Tigana Kotiwe. Honorable Tigana Kotiwe. Honorable Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members of the House, my colleagues from various provinces, delegates from, from the provinces, and distinguished guests, good afternoon. Honorable Chairperson and Members, it is my honor and privilege to represent the government of the Eastern Cape in this debate. Honorable members, we are currently witnessing some serious changes that continue to alter our operating environment in a manner we never imagined before. These changes include the outbreak of COVID-19 virus, which in its infant stages virtually forced the entire world into a hole, just as we are getting into grips with it Climate change violation at the Eastern Cape drenched in water and battling floods. Floods that have caused massive infrastructural damages, destroying roads and bridges in many parts across the country, especially in the Eastern Cape and in KwaZulu Natal. Who will forget the collapse of a bridge on the vital R61 road? The financial impact of these unprecedented and destructive rains has caused damages estimated to be worth billions of rents. A devastating blow for a province like ours with an already huge backlog against dwindling public pests. In reflection of the external environment within which we operate, the reality of global warming has given national and governments across the provinces a rude awakening. The extent of infrastructure damage that has been recorded in the province requires a robust and adaptive strategy in ensuring that we put sustainable measures in place to mitigate 
the risk of recurrences. Honorable Chairperson and members of the House, the Eastern Cape Department of Transport have embraced the advantages and efficiencies brought about the technology. The department has decided in the 2021-2022 financial year to continue driving a digital transformation agenda introduced in the preceding year. This time, the department developed an electronic document management system, which is providing to be worthy investment on how it has already changed the culture in the department and fast-tracking of the processing of document in a bid to improve service delivery, which brought about a dramatic turnaround time on document submission for approval. Honorable Chairperson, in a bid to keep up with the changes in and demands of our operating environment. The department will continue with this radical digital transformation approach. In this financial year, the department aims to develop a business case for an incident or case management system to support virtual reporting of potholes, accidents, and any other matter within the department's mandate, whilst also helping to transparency monitor the lead times for their resolution. Honorable Chairperson and members, one capacity challenge that the department has realized is hampering the ability to deliver quality and timely transport service in the province is the lack of skilled and knowledgeable personnel in critical areas of our programs. We have realized that this stems from a number of industry-related factors. These include, but not limited to, the industry requirement for technical staff to be employed in certain positions. Hence, the drive in the financial year is to fully capacitate our center of excellency in rough drainage. Other notable factors include the changes in the operating environment of the department, which either continues to require new technologies or improved way of doing things. Lastly, the department has a fairly aged workforce and most of whom will be leaving the employ of the state through natural attrition. This requires a robust strategy to ensure that there's a sound talent management strategy to sustain the momentum for achieving a capacitated state. To tackle these challenges, the, the department has introduced a combination of interventions. These include retraining internal personnel, offering training opportunities for external youth with a view of later creating more sustainable employment for them within the department and sector at large, as well as exploring partnership with various institutions to assist in industry compliance of our technicians. In the last financial year, the department awarded 96 bursaries to external students who are pursuing various transport-related qualifications in aviation, maritime, civil engineering, and transport management. Honorable Chairperson, with regard to the transport infrastructure, the department has indeed lived mostly up to its plans in that considerable progress has been recorded on various major infrastructure investment projects. With special focus on economic hubs and public amenities such as schools and hospitals, the projects we are currently working on include the last phase of N2 Cipetu Hospital in Dabangulu, currently at 30% to completion. The two of the Willow Vale to Dwesa Road, right up to Msengini Junction, currently at 82% complete. 
phase one of the Hulega Nature Reserve project currently at 90% complete. This is to mention just a few. Honorable members, in the state of the province, I trust the Honorable Premier mentioned the 18 projects worth 7 billion that are currently being implemented by Sunrun in the province. The National Minister of Transport, Honorable Mbalula, has accepted our request for Sunrun to take over five major roads in the province, and these are Registry to Coffee Bay, where there's a famous wall in the Wall Sea Resort, in Hobo to Elliot, which includes Saturn's Neck, Matadiel to Kasha's Neck, R61 to Talavayangoha, and the rest of R61, that is from Port St. John's to Mtavuma River in the Eastern Cape borders of Eastern Cape and KZN. There is an agreement that while administrative processes are being finalized for the proclamation, repair work will be done on these roads. This process, Honorable Chair, is intended to leverage on the financial and capacity muscle Sunral possesses. Regarding traffic law enforcement, the department has introduced an interim flexi-shift system known as 24-hour-2, in terms of which traffic inspectors are deployed to the most critical roads during most crucial times. While waiting for the finalization of the 24-7 policy at national level, the flexi system has yielded positive results for the province since we recorded at uh, 7.9 reduction on road fatalities during the past festive season compared to the previous financial years. Honorable Chairperson, the importance of transport services and transport infrastructure as an enabler for economic development and a driver for economic activity can never be overemphasized. It's for this reason that we, as the province of the Eastern Cape, wish to register that availing funds for transport services is a massive investment on the economic viability of the Eastern Cape and the rest of South Africa and a better future of its people. Uh, the Eastern Cape supports the budget vote. I thank you. Thank you very much, honorable uh, member. We will now proceed to Honorable Dango. Chairperson, Mohamed Dango. Chairperson, thank you very much. Ministers present, Deputy Ministers present, MECs present, uh, present um, fellow delegates uh, from the provinces and the permanent delegates, fellow South Africans. Speaking during the budget policy debate on transport is critical to focus on the importance of rail and road transport for inclusive economic and social development of all provinces in the Republic. Both are critical for the functioning of the national, provincial and local economies. Road and rail transport directly and indirectly facilitates job creation and contributes positively to the GDP of the country. The country has developed an integrated road, road network which links the provinces with national roads and provincial roads in all provinces. In the provinces, road transport enables the functioning of the service industry, uh, such as construction. It is important and economic sector that enables the functioning of businesses in provinces and local areas. Just a minute. Road 
Thank you very much. While the transport sector was negatively affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, it has made a steady recovery in terms of road and rail transportation. And it is important that there is a recognition of these facts in order that there can be a sensible dialogue on these challenges, which afflict the road and rail transport sectors. While there are problems which require to be addressed, it is fallacious to believe that some narratives would suggest, would suggest that a breakdown of the rail and road infrastructure in many municipalities and provinces. The road transport infrastructure was negatively affected due to the lack of maintenance in municipalities and provinces. It was further affected by the weather changes and the flash floods in many parts of the country. The rail infrastructure was affected by vandalism and theft which has dis disrupted the rail and commuters, uh, commuter services. Possibly the minister should consider um, classifying the theft of rail uh, and other things as treason, and we should stop exporting the, the, the export of steel and copper. The challenges require to be addressed urgently to ensure that there's recovery of the infrastructure of the road and rail networks to enhance the quality of life in the country and positively contribute to the inclusive economic development. Roads. Over the past few years, maintenance of the road network in municipalities and provinces have been neglected, leading to the deterioration of the condition of roads in many areas. The maintenance and development of the road network in provinces and municipalities is a priority and as a condition of roads at a provincial and municipal levels leave much to be desired. Moreover, the condition of the roads in the provinces and in the municipal areas also impacts on the safety of motorists utilizing roads transport. No motor accident should occur due to the poor condition of the roads. The number of accidents resulting at times in fatalities is far too high on the roads in all provinces and increases during the festive season and during the long weekends. This is a matter of concern and is therefore critical that road safety programs continue and enforcement of traffic regulations is critical to ensure the, sa the safety of all. The condition of the national and provincial roads is impacted on by the volume of goods and freight moved by heavy-duty trucks on roads throughout the country. This has a major impact on the wear and tear of roads. This translates into more regular maintenance of the road surface than is normally the case. And in most cases, reduces the road resurfacing time by half. This increase will the cost of maintenance of the road network. However, there is, 
still cheaper to repair the surface of the roads than to build new roads uh, due to poor maintenance. The National Department of Transport, like provincial transport departments, have been allocated budgets for road maintenance, and these resources must be optimized to achieve the greatest value on the national, provincial, and municipal roads to ensure that the maintenance of roads into the future occurs. This requires greater levels of coordination and cooperation between the three spheres of government in the transport sector. There is no longer room for silos between the three levels of government as service delivery must be optimized and be efficient. Road maintenance and development is an important area of creating employment for the communities of the provinces at different levels, thereby reducing unemployment in the country. In this allocated budget, a number of important road projects have been budgeted for, and these projects need to occur as a matter of urgency. And in this regard, it is very positive that the Moloto Corridor Road project has been budgeted for and allocated to Sunral. The condition of this road has been a source of concern for the community in the province. Given the high level of accidents resulting in the many fatalities on this road, it is also pressing to note that the road development is going to occur as a non-toll road, that the critical road development is the NTU from Durban to the Wild Coast, which is a critical link between KZN and the Eastern Province. It is also an important part of developing the tourism industry in the provinces, as this industry is also a major creator of jobs. Rail transport. The ANC government policy has been the policy to move from the delivery of goods and freight from road to rail. And this requires it to be implemented in earnest by the National Department of Road and Transport in conjunction with provincial uh, uh, department tra transports and local entities. If it is, it is critical that weight transport regulations are followed and that way bridges are well functional in all provinces as part of the moving of freight and goods from road to rail. This will enable the preservation of the road networks and ensure that less financial resources is required for the maintenance and more resources are utilized for road development. Find out now. And the answers today. Rail, <laughs> rail, <laughs> rail is an efficient manner and moodly and your team there, uh, please behave. Uh, proceed, Honorable Tango. Thank you. The commuter rail infrastructure has been affected through vandalism and criminal theft and cable of, of rail lines. It is, very, it is a very positive note that the recently law enforcement agencies have arrested a number of people related to the theft cables and lines. The infrastructure must be protected and the theft must also stop. More needs to be done by law enforcement agencies to stop the destruction of rail infrastructure. 
government needs to consider banning the sale of cable and rail lines from the scrap steel business. The working class and poor communities depend on the community rail systems, road transport, and it's imperative that the infrastructure is repaired and maintained at the highest possible safety standards. Work on the rail infrastructure has commenced as announced by the state president in his Sona address of 2020 with the Mabupani line in Gauteng and the central line in Cape Town. These lines must be operational within this financial year. It is also pleasing to note that work has commenced on rehabilitating the road and rail lines in, in, in affected areas by the devastating floods. Much more needs to be done to rehabilitate the railway stations, which service local communities in all provinces and have been vandalized. The redevelopment of these, and uh, Chairperson, you and I visited Cliptown Railway Station, um, which was a bit sad. That the redevelopment of these railway stations should occur within this particular year, and hopefully that will be done. The movement of goods and freight and iron and road uh, has suffered from setbacks as there has been a decline in the volume of goods uh, of, uh, and frail by rail. The Transnet freight rail needs to change the business model as the road transport is cheaper to transport than goods on rail. This is a result of the freight rail pricing itself out of uh, the requirements rather than seeking sufficient business in the market, freight rail needs to restructure their business model. In conclusion, Chairperson, it is imperative that the National Department of Transport is able to coordinate the provincial and municipal departments to ensure that there's a restoration of the road and rail infrastructure and its development. Capacity and capability must be developed for the transport infrastructure maintenance and development. Security of the rail network requ requires improvement in order to preserve what we have and to uh, uh, create new rail and uh, road networks. Under the current economic conditions, it is a very high unemployment and low economic growth. It cannot be business as usual during this financial year. The select committee will hold the department and all entities accountable through enhanced oversight on the delivery of its programs. We're not merely seeking outputs, but we rather will seek deliverable outcomes. The ANC supports this particular vote, Chairperson. But just in, uh, in the end to, to, uh, to say that poetry is one of the things that I actually love. Uh, and had grown up with. But if I look at the poetry that Honorable Tim was normally a very, very positive person, finding solutions rather than challenges, this is the first time I found him to be negative. I thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Dango. We will now proceed to Honorable Mamabulo. Uh, Honorable Mamabulo. Honorable Chair, I hope you can hear me. Yes, yes, sir, audible. 
Okay, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> Honorable Chair, let me take the opportunity um, <clears throat> to greet um, the Honorable Minister, um, <clears throat> Honorable Fikide Mbalula, and um, let me greet uh, all ministers, all Dep uh, the deputy minister, and all deputy ministers, um, MECs, uh, all of MECs, councillors, and uh, uh, all honourable members, and um, the people of our country, and all guests. Um, <clears throat> first of all, honourable chair. Uh, it gives me a great pleasure and honor to participate in this very important um, budget vote on behalf of uh, Gauteng province. And uh, I'd like to join my colleagues um, <clears throat> and honorable members who have already welcomed um, the budget speech delivered by Honorable Minister. And of course, as a province, we welcome uh, the budget. Uh, we just want to start by commenting Honorable Minister Mbaluda for the excellent work and leadership he has done and shown in our province during the very difficult times of uh, COVID-19. Minister was with us on the ground, uh, going to different tax ranks, uh, both um, to deal with uh, the protocols of um, COVID-19, but also we have seen Minister uh, joining us uh, on the ground to promote uh, the vaccination drive. We, we want to <clears throat> welcome that, uh, honorable members. The second issue is that as Minister has mentioned, we welcome the decisive leadership that has been shown and displayed with respect to a very difficult matter of resolving uh, the complex problem relating to renewal of driver licenses, which is a problem that emanated, as you know, honorable members, from the difficulties of the hard lockdowns. We are pleased with the progress that has been made, and uh, we believe that um, uh, we are set for even much more improvements uh, in this area of um, our work. Minister and honorable members, we are very much pleased as the province of Gauteng that um, working with the minister, we have uh, established two centers of excellence as DLTCs in uh, the city of Johannesburg in Midrand, the waterfall area, and of course in the city of Tswane, uh, in Centurion. Um, <clears throat> we are very much confident that um, those two DLTCs uh, are a benchmark and a site of best practice on how DLTCs will be managed in our country moving forward. And uh, I can assure you members that um, the residents of our province are um, appreciative and have already given us feedback uh, welcoming the two centers of excellence and model offices 
uh, for better service delivery by government uh, of the African National Congress in providing services to our people. We also are appreciative of all the technological innovations that have been put in place with respect to a campaign that we call Request a Slot. Together with Honorable Minister, we have uh, introduced this campaign to respond to the difficulty and challenge where people have clearly said there was a problem with the online booking system. And we are very much pleased that that has since been uh, resolved. And uh, we welcome also, Minister, the announcement you have just made about um, rolling out the smart enrollment system. And we are pleased that our province of Gauteng will be prioritized in this regard. We have already held meetings with the CEOs of uh, RTMC, the head of the department in, uh, in the Department uh, of Roads and Transport, we have, uh, that included the CEO of uh, How Train Management Agency, GMA, and of course, um, uh, in, the, in those discussions, the team has already outlined uh, how they are going to roll out the smart enrollment system. This system, honorable members, is going to bring good relief to the people in the DLTCs. We know that um, the current systems are causing problems of long queues, uh, providing defective service, and many other challenges. But with the announcement that minister has made on the smart enrollment system, we are already seeing the benefits of these best practices in the two offices that the minister has brought out. I'd like to uh, just also mention, uh, I had a member of the DA who was uh, making a call for smart systems and technological um, devices like apps. Uh, I think the honorable member is too late. I'm not sure uh, in which uh, part of the country he lives, but um, I would like to ask him to invite, I mean, to visit uh, the province of Houghton so that he can see that the minister and, of course, uh, with the RTMC have already introduced very advanced uh, technological systems. We've got an app where people can apply for a slot. We've introduced digital platforms. And I think he should have started there by commending uh, the excellent work that has been done to introduce digital platforms. So, minister, uh, we know him um, uh, is still uh, in his, uh, uh, you know, Youthful age, you can see the energy, Mr. Fixit. And uh, we are very much pleased with the innovation and the smart technological systems that we are seeing that are already coming on our way. And I hope the honorable member will take the challenge of visiting our province uh, so that we can be able to induct him into much more smarter ways of doing work in transport led by the honorable minister. Um, uh, Chair, hoping that... Um, uh, I still have time. I'd really like to mention this profound issue, which uh, Honorable Dang was mentioned, of welcoming the resources set aside for fixing the Moloto Road. As a province of Gauteng, we're deeply delighted that Minister, in his uh, budget speech, has assured all of us, and we have every reason to celebrate the assurance, which says that um, money is being set aside to be invested in the upgrade and improvement of Moloto Road, particularly in the, on the part coming into 
Gauteng province. Um, we are looking forward, Minister, to Sandra and yourself making sure that um, you know those resources uh, speedily bring relief to road users and the people on that very important corridor uh, where currently, as you know, Minister, there are honorable challenges. But we commend you for the announcement that you have made, and we are quite sure that um, the people in our province in Pumalanga will be deeply delighted to hear that um, resources have been set aside for that. We are also happy, Minister, with the, um, <clears throat> with the, uh, you know, the speedy uh, interventions, prompt and swift, decisive and efficient way in which you, you rolled out um, the smart um, coaches and the smart uh, rail system that we have seen in Mabopani Corridor. This is not something yet to come. It has already happened. I was there. I had the opportunity to write the new smart coaches and also on the Sourceville uh, Corridor. That minister has assured the people of Gauteng that the challenges that um, Prasa was having, we have already seen uh, the smart uh, rail um, systems that have been rolled out. All we're looking for, Minister, is uh, let's expand to the other areas that requires uh, this very important intervention of making sure that finally we migrate rail um, to, I mean, we migrate mobility to rail, as Honorable Tango was saying. The other important intervention that we want to welcome in this budget speech relates to um, the fact that Minister has finally presented to the nation the white paper uh, on rail. We believe, uh, honorable members, that that white paper um, policy on rail brings much more required uh, clarity, um, consistency, guidance, and clear way forward on where the country is going with respect to rail. And um, we are quite satisfied and, that, and you conclude, honorable that member? We, we welcome, uh, Honorable Chair, the policy directive that has been announced on rail. And to that extent, we wish the next speakers would uh, be very you know, appreciative of the progress that minister has made under very difficult conditions to take us to where we are. Thank you very much. As for the doubting Thomases, we will call those denialists. We will continue to engage them because the facts will speak for themselves. Thank you very, very much. Honorable we will continue uh, and have uh, Honorable S. Zandamela uh, stepping forward. Honorable Zandamela. Uh, no, Chairperson, it has to be Honorable uh, uh, Aplane. Uh, yeah, that's not what my guide here says. It says Zandamela, but uh, uh, please proceed, Aplane. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, now, Chairperson, uh, the EFF rejects the budget vote 40 on transport. Uh, before 1994, there was no, uh, not much attention paid to the effective planning of transport system in South African policy and legislation, as emphasis was often placed 
on those who wished to provide public transport services through acts such as the Black Services Act of 1952 and the Black Transport Services Act of 1957. 28 years later, not much has changed or been achieved as transport needs for the majority of South Africans are still not being met. Uh, the department failed to overcome challenges of providing a more effective system of public transportation. Transport needs such as safety, shorter travel times, less overcrowding, affordable taxi fares, reduced working walking distance, and improved access to facilities are still a challenge for the black majority of our people. In our country, where 70% of its population depends on public transport for their economic, social, and general activities, a reliable, access, accessible, and affordable, and overall efficient public transport system should be a priority. Yet, this department requires constant reminding that the provision of safety, reliable, accessible, and affordable public transport infrastructure is a fundamental prerequisite for the socio-economic development of a South African population. That its development holds potential of providing for decent wages, work, I'm sorry, for decent wages and working conditions for workers in the transport industry, as well as those sectors that depend on it. It is therefore rather unfortunate that today we gather here to consider the budget vote for the Department of Transport. The taxi industry might be asking themselves, uh, what new thing is there to offer that deserves the budget for this department? After a continual failure to deliver on the promises made to them about taxi recapitalization program that continues to be a dismal failure. Our mothers and fathers continue to be victims of robberies because of the lack of reliable and safe transport in this country. The ANC government boosts about having introduced school transport, but thousands of school children in the rural areas of KwaZulu Natal and Eastern Cape are still walking long distance to school. Learners who continue to miss school because of the Schooler transport that continues to disappoint might, might be asking, what difference is this budget vote going to make in their lives after years of continued disappointment? The failure of the ANC government to provide a safe, reliable, accessible, and affordable public transport is once again evident as there are areas where the most affordable and mover of millions of communities is not functioning. Poor South Africans are spending a bigger portion of their hard-earned incomes on expensive transport, with blame being shifted to looters of rail tracks, yet no mention is made of how much Prasa spends on security and why the looting of rail tracks continues unabatedly despite the security measures that are in place. The worst negligence by the department, however, has to be the way that lets the passenger rail system go. 
Rail passenger traffic in South Africa decreased over the years with only 237.3 million rail passenger journey reported in 2018, as compared to the uh, 616,992 million rail passenger journey in 2009. This decline in rail passenger traffic is directly attributed to corruption, maladministration, mismanagement, appointing of incompetent individuals disguised as cater deployment, and lack of funding in the country's passenger rail transport infrastructure. The same is true for the infrastructure for transporting goods. Movement of goods is mainly by road due to the failure of rail. As a consequence, the roads are in a mess and full of potholes because they were not built for trucks that carry such heavy loads. The government has failed to address crucial aspects of public policy planning in a sustainable manner. The Department of Transport has failed to fill vacancies as it sits with 171 vacant posts, which is something which has become a norm as targets are not being achieved. The ruling party has ignored the potential which the transport sector has of acting as a catalyst for economic development and job creation. The department is chronically handicapped and cannot even meet the targets they have set for themselves. We rejected this budget as there has been poor responses to the needs of low-income travelers who wake up uh, the vast majority of South African urban population. I'm very worried that uh, uh, the guy which I spoke with me, uh, he was blowing hot air about the people who are opposing will never agree to things that uh, to, uh, to politicians open opportunity for other politicians and their families to loot the money of the state. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, our next speaker is going to be Honorable uh, Chikunga. Uh, Honorable Chikunga. I'll send you some books, and I don't know what you're going to think of it. Honorable Chikunga. Uh, Honorable House Chairperson, Minister of Transport, Honorable Fikile Mbalula, MCs of Transport, Honorable Members of the NCOP, our honored guests, ladies and gentlemen. Chairperson, for 28 years since the dawn of the democratic dispensation, it has been a tireless and committed daily mandate of the government led by the African National Congress to tackle the structural inequalities, unemployment and poverty created by a legacy of centuries of the apartheid regime and colonial rule. The country's reconstruction and recovery plan is one of such plans aimed to stimulate equitable and inclusive socioeconomic growth. The recent challenges presented by COVID-19 and other disasters exacerbated an already dire economic landscape. Regardless of these realities, as a country, we have tenaciously forged to move together in building a resilient 
and development-oriented nation. House Chairperson, due to time constraint, will focus on fewer targets, among others. This financial year, we have proposed a number of policy and legislative amendments in an effort to seek efficiencies and cost-effectiveness in the running of our state-owned enterprises, the department itself, and the sector. On maritime safety, with a budget of 487 million rents, SAMSA will continue to drive the promotion and growth of the South African Ship Register. We must inform the House that we have now eight convention vessels under our register and intend to grow this register to about 50 vessels and more in the near future. One of the priority areas of SAMSA to deliver this year is to facilitate the reopening of banker and ship-to-ship operations in Algoa Bay to facilitate transformation of the sector, including opening up job creation opportunities for South Africans. Chairperson, in line with its mandate of ensuring, sim- of ensuring seamless movement of goods, services, and people across the border, in January 2022, the CPRTA launched an online permit application and permit issuance system called CrossEasy. This system allows people to apply and receive their permits from their respective offices and homes, honorable member of DA. This will be a major contributor to the security of cargo moving across our borders whilst ensuring the passenger carriers follow allocated routes. This financial year, the CPRTA has been allocated a budget of 274 million rands. Honorable Chairperson, the Minister of Transport, Honorable Fikilem Balula, announced on the 1st July 2021 that the auto rollout will be implemented in four phases. Most of the activities in the implementation project schedule are close to completion. However, some of the outstanding activities have been put on hold pending the decision on the appeal at the Constitutional Court. For the current financial year, with a budget of 486 million rand, Artia will embark on auto legislative training and awareness in all 44 districts with a view to increase readiness and show access, particularly in rural areas, for the anticipated national rollout. They will further establish 37 auto service outlets and procure automobile offices in all nine provinces, creating 98 job opportunities. Honorable members, civil aviation remains one of the sectors worst hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. The International Air Transport Association, IATA, indicated that the impact of COVID-19 in 2022 resulted in 64% of the global fleet grounded. Airport revenue around the world dropped by 54.6% and South Africa was not spared. However, IATA has forecasted a potential overall improvement on traveler numbers to reach 4 billion in 2024, which exceeds pre-COVID-19 levels. Our aviation state-owned entities are readying themselves for this recovery. Honorable Chairperson, South Africa, through SACA, will be audited on aviation security compliance by the International Civil Aviation Organization, ICAO, in August this year. We were last audited in 2011 and achieved 81.3% honorable member of EFF, and we hope to improve our airport performance in the upcoming ICAO aviation security. We are likely to actually get 90%. As a country, we are doing very well in commercial aviation. However, we are concerned about the increase in the number of accidents in the general aviation, and these are small privately owned aircraft. Stringent measures to curb these accidents 
have been communicated to all aviation stakeholders. However, while accidents are increasing in the general aviation, the country has reduced the number of fatal accidents by 25%. This is an achievement towards meeting the minister's target of reducing aircraft accidents and fatalities by 50% in the current strategy cycle. For this financial year, SACA has been allocated a budget, total budget of 771 million rand. Chairperson, as part of the recovery and reconstruction efforts in the current financial year, AXA's focal area will be on strengthening its cargo and logistics services with the main aim to diversify its revenue generation through supporting development of Aerotropolis. While ATNS Air Traffic Navigation Services continues to manage the satellite voice and data communication network covering first South Africa and other 27 African countries. The introduction of these networks or communication systems have gone a long way in improving aviation safety over African skies. Honorable members, South Africa will bid for re-election in the ICAO Council at its 41st ICAO elective assembly scheduled to take place in Montreal, Canada from the 27th of September this year to 7 October. Honorable members, on rail safety, it is critical that we inform the House that with a budget of 278 million rands, the RSR Rail Safety Regulator will commence with the development and implementation of a digitized and an integrated information management system to meet the requirements set out in the RSR Act, Honorable Member of DA. RSR will also focus on improving safety level in the, in the rich areas as well as level crossings. House Chairperson, with a modest budget of 42 million rand for the 2022-23 financial year, the Ports Regulator of South Africa will continue to implement the multi-year tariff methodology and tariff strategy to ensure that the pricing of both the, of both the port infrastructure and the services and facilities provided in the eight commercial ports owned by our NPA are cost-reflective and where applicable adjusted for inflation. Honorable members, for this financial year, we have prioritized skills development and training in order to organically build capabilities and capacity of the transport sector. We have also continued to recruit young talent, especially women and persons with disabilities, either as interns or, or as new entrants or even senior executives. The total budget for training and skills development for this year is 26.8 million rand, of which 15.4 million rand, which is 57%, is for our university, university bursary programs, from where we are funding 330 students per year who are studying various transport qualifications at 13 South African tertiary institutions, including universities. Some have graduated, others are graduating even this year. We also appeal to the private sector to partner and or collaborate with the department to ensure that our young people find employment and improve the skills capacity of the sector. It is important to highlight that throughout the transport sector, we have ensured the implementation of a gender responsive budgeting approach. Such a commitment will ensure that we fight the scourge of gender-based violence and femicide in the sector. Honorable members, as the transport sector, we're hard hit by COVID-19 and we lost quite a number of our capable employees. I must commend our national and provincial departments as well as SOEs, employee health and wellness units for heightening and strengthening preventative measures and providing, providing tremendous psychosocial support to infected and affected employees 
and their families. We extend our heartfelt condolences to all the families of the fallen employees across the transport sector. Chairperson, we committed ourselves to appoint the required skills, experience, and expertise, especially at senior and executive levels. To this end, we are proud to inform the House that we now have five capable women CEOs in our 12 state-owned entities. And of course, one Deputy Director General for Integrated Transport Planning, who also is a woman. These women run the HNS, AXA, SACA, Post Regulator, and the RSR, and of course the ITP branch. We must commend the minister and both for responding so positively to the call to transform our sector. We have also appointed a CEO of the CPRTA. We are in the process of both appointments where both tenure are about to expire or have vacancies. As I conclude, I wish to thank the Minister of Transport, thank the MECs and the honorable members of the Select Committee, and also extend my appreciation to the acting DG and the staff of the Department of Transport, as well as the chairs and CEOs of our state-owned companies for their commitment and hard work and support. We immensely appreciate the strategic contributions and collaboration that exists between us and all our critical stakeholders in the transport sector. Let us unite and grow South Africa together. The future belongs to those who prepare for it and build it today. Honorable Chairperson, Mr. Bruton, Bruton said, transport indeed is allocated 6% of the total budget. And I agree with you that it is an important sector. But of course, health, of course, education, at course, of course, the security of our people are equally important. Yes, as government, we've got to strike the balance. And, and for, for EFF, you always reject, so we'll not be surprised. I thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, the next speaker is Honorable T.S. Mjali. Honorable Mjali. Thanks, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister, members of the NCOP, please receive my warm greetings. Honorable Minister Mbalula, first and foremost, I'm sure you'll appreciate that while we are facing serious challenges and serious problems in our country, we have certain fellow fellows who just come and want to engage on romantical issues, focusing on romantical poems, failing to even suggest to you, Honorable Minister, <clears throat> any suggestion as part of the solutions. That is why I must kubatina bonabafiga ngobzokala, ibambezitrine, gezanja zombili, Honorable Minister, while they continue to engage on romantical issues, we are not here for romance. What is worse is that they are even very far closer to the beauty that we could even pay attention to. <laughs> Allow me to rise and present a debate on the budget vote having been tabled by the minister. The budget that has, been, has just been presented by the Minister of Transport indeed talks to and responds to the needs and the aspirations of the people of this country, especially the people of KwaZulu-Natal, who recently, Honorable Chair, have been hit by heavy rains that caused havoc in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. That being said, allow me, Honorable Chair, to send our deepest condolences to all the families who lost their loved ones during these difficult times, and may God be with them. As we still also pray for those that who have still not yet been found, 
we hope that in due course, as the, <clears throat> the research unit continues to try all they can do to find them. As the province of KwaZulu-Natal, we are pleased, uh, Honorable Minister, by the pronouncement that you've made, but more so by the commitments that are complemented by the timeframes on when and how the work will be done. It is known that as the Department of Transport were the hardest hit by the floods of the recent month. These floods left the trail of destruction to our road infrastructure. Thanks, we must thank you, Honorable Minister Mbalula, for assigning a team of engineers to work with our province in the process of repairing and reconstructing our road infrastructure. Since day one, the team since day one, the team have been hard at work ensuring that the rebuilding of our province starts. And we must indicate, I mean, Honorable Minister, that you having been on the ground, first-hand information, it has assisted for you in to be able to respond appropriately. The assessments having concluded and the process of rebuilding uh, the damaged infrastructure has thus begun. We've categorized our responses into a short as well as the middle and the long-term priorities. The short-term priorities are responses that had to ensure that we open all major and access roads to allow the economic flow, but also to ensure that people are able to go to work, children are able to go to school. To successfully do that, we had to utilize our internal teams through the Vugaibambe routine road maintenance team to assist by removing the debris and clear all the access roads. On the other side, we have Sandral dealing with the, our national routes as well as in particular N2 South near Umgababa had to be closed after the far left lane on the northern uh, current gateway collapsed and circled by over a meter and moved down to embark. As a result, the intervention of Sandral had shown great res uh, results. This must be appreciated, uh, Honorable Minister. While we are while, while we all thought we were done with the assessment, in particular on Monday, Honorable Minister, of the 12th of May, we woke up to a large sinkhole on the busy entry towards Devon after a key rich interchange. I am happy, however, Honorable Minister, to announce to you that the sinkhole has been fixed and the road reopened. We believe that by the end of this week, in, in particular, Entum, Kabab, and Pochepstein as well, Will start to be re, will be reopened and will, our people will be able to access it. It is important that we move with speed in ensuring that all our key economic roads, uh, all our key economic roads, you are used for transportation of goods that are used for transportation of goods are open, so that our province can remain open for business to ensure our economic recovery. Honorable Chairperson, in total, the province had around about 1,369 projects, which include gravel road, tar, and bridges that needed an intervention. That being said, as the Wazulu-Natal the, the, the Department of Transport, they have been able to submit 49 bridge sites to the National Department of Public Works for consideration as well as out of the out of that number, 18 bridges in particular who are on site have been assessed and approved for the implementation within the financial budget of 2022-2023. Nine bridge sites have been assessed and the South African National Defense Force is currently busy with the feasibility report. Once approved, they will be added to the 18 for the implementation. A total of 22 
breach site still requires assessment and feasibility to be conducted by the South African National Defense Force engineers. The, the assessment of these bridges sites should have been concluded by the end of May, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable members, the total cost which is estimated for the recent damage in our province is sitting at about 6.3 billion. Once again, extend our appreciation to His Excellency President Sir Ramaphosa for having declared this tragedy as a national disaster. This is very important as we seek to pick up the pieces, as it were, rebuilding and reconstructing our province. We fully understand that enormity of work ahead of us, but we can assure this House that our teams are equal to the task. We also appeal to our people that they be a little bit patient with us as we are in this journey to restore hope and return the people's life to normality. As the Department of Transport, Honorable Chair, just on the 5th of May, the department was able to adopt an allocated budget of 12.4 billion for the financial year 2022-2023. We are, however, aware that in order to speedily respond to this tragedy, we needed to reprioritize our budget, our budget spending. And as a result, we have made an amount of 2.6 billion rand for the floods repairs. This then seeks to say, no, are we going to wait for the National Department, but we'll start the work as we go along. Honorable Chairperson, as the Department of Transport in Guazul-Natal, we've always find ourselves following from behind due to the inclined weather conditions in our province. This would be noted as well since in, in 2019 with the severe rainfall, and as a result, many roads and bridges were washed away. In December last year, we had a similar situation, and again in January, we had floods. We had floods that affected many areas of our province. Some of these roads and bridges that were damaged, where we were still in the process of getting them repaired. Now that we had these recent uh, floods, in, it, it, it really has made the situation even worse. We would have to, as a matter of agency, as a transportation sector, start looking at an impact of climate change in our sector so we can find futuristic solutions that will also change the way that we build our infrastructure. But that is it may, we, however, we are however determined and we shall prosper. The whole country has been with us. They provided us with humanitarian relief during our time of need, and they continue to do so, and we thank them. Let me quote what former, former President uh, Samora Machel once said, open close, solidarity is not an act of charity, but the mutual aid between forces fighting for, for the same objective, close quote. As I conclude, Honorable Chair, let us make a clear and call to our people that we're with you during the difficult times. We cross all the rivers. We've seen the roads that are affected. We are still working with you. It's a journey that we're going to be working with you in repairing and reconstructing so that we get back things to where they were. We thank the national government by ensuring that they work with us during this difficult time. Those that will speak against the progress made by NC-led government, you on we know... Yes, as I learned, Honorable Chair, we must say that we are a government at work. We do confirm and commit to a better tomorrow than we are today, and we will work with this journey with you to ensure that the province of KwaZulu-Natal gets to be reconstructed and our roads are at a good conditions again. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much. We will now proceed to Honorable M.M. Lerule.
Honorable Ruli Ramakanya, please step forward. Uh, whilst you're doing that, I'll uh, hand over the chairing to Honorable Lucas. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson uh, Honorable A.N. Masondo. To the Honorable Minister, Honorable Fikilemba Lula. To the Deputy Minister, Honorable Cindy Siwe Chikunga. To the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Transport, Honorable Zwane. To the Select Committee Chairperson. And also to the Honorable Members of the House my colleagues, MEC in attendance, and all of us who are doing uh, presentations, and also the fellow South African Dimasiar. Chairperson, we have made a commitment to our people that will strive for the provision of safer transport to ensure that even the less fortunate and underprivileged members of society have access to social amenities and economic activities. Transport remains the economic backbone of the country without which the country will not be able to progress well. It is therefore imperative that we appreciate the good work and the realization of commitments made in the past financial year and the current budget by the Honorable uh, Minister. Honorable Chair, I will want to take this opportunity to encourage the Honorable Members of the Committee to keep records. When they do site visits to all the provinces, they need to record the changes that the department is doing. As my other colleagues has already said, emissaries from the other provinces, not only to rely on motions coming from one ward or from their own village, 28 years later, we see change and transformation in the transport industry. The Department of Transport continues to strive under very difficult conditions brought by COVID-19 in 2020. The pandemic has led to sharp decline of revenue in various sectors, including transport itself. The budget for the financial year presented by both the Honorable Minister and the Deputy Minister signals the intent for a speedy economic recovery and the will to continue providing better services and creation of jobs to our people. This is one department chairperson led by a result-driven minister. It is with no doubt that the promises and the projection presented will not just be ink on paper, but tangible programs that will change and transform the lives of millions and benefit the economy of our country. In Limpopo, we have already witnessed the infrastructure and the jobs created by the budget that have been read and which have been previously allocated. Chairperson, it is encouraging to see the reduction of the road carnage by 20% in the first quarter of this year. It was also highlighted that the reduction could be attributed to low traffic volumes due to traveling restrictions imposed following the declaration of the state of disaster. I partially agree that the restrictions had an impact, but I want to attribute the success to our law enforcement agencies and, and officials as well. Chairperson, the long Easter weekend has taught us that with proper planning, we shall not fail. You will know that Limpopo is listed among the top three provinces with the highest number of fatal crashes in the country. 
but we have managed to reduce the fatal rate drastically. The number of vehicles that passed through the toll gates to the province suggested that we have more vehicles despise, despite the absence of the Moria Easter Church Conference. The presence of law enforcement and their visibility in all our roads. We thank the minister and the RTMC for the deployment. The trucks that they have uh, given to the province, which are helping us on testing our roadworthiness of all the vehicles, either way in our local municipality roads and also during roadblocks, is also contributing so much to reduction of the accidents that we have in our in our own roads. So on behalf of Limpopo, we welcome the budget because it is strengthening the law enforcement agencies and the planning that makes us go better. Chairperson, I'm delighted that there is a process in place to, cl- to classify traffic policing as a 24-hour, seven-day job where Limpopo province have received green light for the department and the respective councils to budget and implement accordingly. I'm saying this precisely because of what we experience on weekend. Most of the fatal accidents are reported in the late hours on weekends when there are few officers on duty. Chairperson, we attend this session disappointed by the young person who is 25 years old who was arrested yesterday at Mohopong on the N1 doing 234 kilometer per hour. And this shows that the budget that has been presented here, if we strengthen our law enforcement, it will help us to reduce such behavior on our roads. With proper planning and coordination, there is no doubt that our goal of reducing the carnage on our roads by 25% will be reached. The budget as articulated will focus mainly on the infrastructure, which assures us that transportation of goods will be done on time and save jobs. And infrastructure that confirms safety for public transport users and to assist with our quest to suppress the numbers. Chairperson, air travel and air transportation where the plane accident have gone down by 25%, making it the safest mode of transportation. There is a need for other provinces like Limpopo and others to push on marketing and using air travel to to their provinces. The investment of resources and allocation of adequate budget is key for the realization of the set targets. Chairperson, it is encouraging to see the persistent care and attention given to our public transport operators. Millions of our people rely on public transport to commute from their homes to respective places of work, and it is only through subsidized public transport that they can afford. The will and passion towards public transport as is a very important as a very important stakeholder is slowly but surely changing the attitude of how we engage with the operators. I must commend the Taxi Makutla programs undertaken for the past two years ago to professionalize, regulate, transform the industry. We are reporting very few incidents and accidents involving public transport operators since the program and the industry is showing signs of adjusting. 
Honorable Chairperson, the allocation of the 76 billion to Sanral will surely be widely applauded looking at the state of our roads in the country and also at our own roads in Limpopo. Many parts of our province and our country are affected by rains that leave most of our roads in a very, very bad state. We owe it to our people to move with speed and maintain the road network as a way of revitalization of our own economy. The sixth administration under the leadership of President Cyril Ramaphosa has invested heavily on infrastructure and we owe it to our people to ensure that we have maintenance plan to keep our roads safe. And we applaud the central budget because it's focused on the major routes that connect provinces and to neighboring countries. It is reassuring that the department is concerned about the situation at the local spheres where municipalities are struggling to complete projects and fix potholes. It is evident, Chairperson, that the allocated grants to the province and the local sphere is not adequate to deal with the challenges that our people face daily. Limpopo is strategically located as a connecting province to the region and other countries. So the railway network budget and programs is critical. As we deal with the sabotage railway network, we note that that transportation of people remains the core, but transportation of goods within and outside our borders by our railway network remains critical for the economic activities within the region. A lot has been said about the railway. I know the minister is very passionate about the railway services and your efforts, efforts, honorable minister, eh, is evident that you want to resuscitate the railway as a very critical and important mode of transport. Our people in the township are struggling to access economic activities without the trains, and I believe you will be able to restore the services in all the affected area. Chairperson, in conclusion, on behalf of Limpopo, we support the budget as it has been articulated by the Honorable Minister and the Deputy Minister, and we take this opportunity to thank the department and the RTMC for the support and the programs that we share between ourselves as a province and the national department. We hope that this budget will be able to go and serve the people of South Africa. And we are hoping, Honorable Chair, that we are not going to have any court case contesting this budget in court because that in itself deter or delay the support or the services that we are able to give to the people of South Africa. On behalf of Limpopo, we support the budget. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable MEC. The next will be SF Dutoy. Over to you, Honorable Dutoy. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I'm glad that MEC uh, Mama Bulov Gauteng is on this platform. Honorable MEC Five Mazabuka took part in an NCOP discussion on Zoom platform on 7th September 2021 where the traffic light infrastructure at the N12 R5, uh, R558 intersection, that is Soweto Lenasia, were discussed. And uh, that infrastructure has been broken for years. I also contacted uh, MEC Mama Bola's office on numerous occasions without reaction. And um, the national traffic is affected in his province. Crime is rampant as a result thereof. When will this infrastructure be repaired, MEC? Voorzitter, 
uitdagings waarmee ons echter te maken het, is die feit dat die vervoerstelsel in Zuid-Afrika tot so mate verval het, dat oorbelading van sekere sektore plaasvind, en die verval van hierdie kritische infrastructuur burgers duur te staan kom, en die politieke wil ontbreek om het recht te stel. Met verwijzing naar die padinfrastructuur in die Noordwestprovincie, was daar tijdens een onlangse NRP provinciale week na beplande instandhouding en infrastructuur hervestiging verwijs, wat daarop neergekomen het dat een tienjaarplan om die Noordwestse paai op standaard te brengen voorgelezen. Die ironie voorzitter is dat die, huidige, is dat die huidige begroting nie eens voorziening maak vir die volledige eerste jaar ze beplande volledige kosten. Wat op te sê die negen daarop volgende jare? The Automobile Association confirmed in March 2022 in a newsletter that poor road infrastructure is contributing to South Africa's poor road safety levels and must be addressed urgently if meaningful strides to the country's horrendous road safety records are to be made. Chair, the association says, open quote, if targets to reduce road fatalities in South Africa are to be met, such as halving the number of the road deaths in the country by 2030, urgent attention must be paid to the road and municipal infrastructure or these targets will remain unattainable, close quote. Die vrijheidsfront plus verwelkom die feit dat bevondsing vir hierdie begroting beskikbaar gestel is om na beide nationale as ook provinciale padinfrastructuur om te sien. Dit is echter die spandering en die aanwending van die fondsen wat kommerwekkend is, voorzitter. Die begroting skiet echter tekort, aangezien dit een bewese feit is dat tenders in die meeste gevallen waar swart economisch bemachtigde contracteers betrokken is tegen verhoogde tariewe toegekend word en wat daartoe leid dat oorspandering aan die projecten plaasvind. Voorzitter, is een bewese feit dat die afwezigheid van die spoorinfrastructuur en die algemene treindiensten die resultaat van die regeringse oxiderende uitwerking op hierdie land is. Die cultuur van verwoesting, wetteloosheid en diefstal en plunder het ons spoorinfrastructuur of eerder die tekort aan waar ons vandaag is. Even National Treasury mentioned in their supporting documents on this vote that the passenger rail agency struggled for many years to roll out its modernization program, which was meant to improve the reliability of services and increase the number of passengers. National Treasury went further to state, open quote, the recent appointment of permanent board for the passenger rail agency of South Africa is expected to lead the, the intensified implementation of modernization program, close quote. In other words, the reason for the department failing in so many instances up to now was, uh, as well as in so many other departments, was wrong human capital at the helm, cater deployment. It cost the department and the country millions. Voorzitter, dit voel me tye of hierdie paard al horig geraai is, maar dit brei blije realiteit. The wrong jockey is on the horse, with caters that's making the rules and spending money in this department Opportunities will be lost, solutions will be few, and success even less. Thank you, Voorzitter. Thank you Thank you very much. We are moving and we are going to call on MEC Lachminarin of Mpumalanga to continue with the debate. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, Honorable Chairperson, Mr. Masondo. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, Ms. Sylvia Lucas, Honorable Minister of Transport, Mr. Fakile Mbalula, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members of the NCOP, Special Delegates, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. 
Honorable Chairperson, let us appreciate the opportunity to participate in this policy debate on transport budget. Transport challenges can never be discussed in isolation from road infrastructure, and I will articulate reasons for my view as I make my presentation. Mpumalanga has a road network size of approximately 13,837 13, kilometers across all three districts, of which 5,474 kilometers is paved and 8,363 kilometers is unpaved. The five worst condition ratings recorded during 2019 are roughness, binder condition, failures of potholes, crocodile cracks, and unpaved shoulders. The visual condition index, which is the VCI of the whole road network in the province, decreased from 64% in 2018 to 63% in 2019. The VCI of the non-coal hall provincial roads remained at 60% in 2019. Though the percentage of poor to very poor roads has decreased by approximately 3% since 2018, the current percentage of poor to very poor roads is 29%, indicating a high maintenance and rehabilitation need. 3% of provincial paved roads are very poor, requiring extensive rehabilitation interventions. A further 26% of provincial paved roads are poor, requiring immediate intervention to prevent further deterioration. 37% of provincial paved roads are fair, indicating a high need for preventive maintenance interventions such as resealed. If these roads are resealed, further deterioration associated with expensive future rehabilitation costs can be postponed. The recommended poor to very poor proportion of the paved road network is 10% or less. The provincial road network at 29% far exceeds the 10%, highlighting the huge maintenance backlog. The department is still struggling to meet the current road infrastructure maintenance demand in the province. And this is primarily due to the following. The reduced equitable share funding allocation, the withdrawal of the coal haulage fund, an aging paved road network, and the deteriorating road conditions, which far exceed the rate at which maintenance is undertaken. Honorable Chairperson in Pumalanga primarily depends on the following funding sources over which, which over the years have assisted in sustaining and improving the network. The Coal Haulage Fund. The goal of the Coal Haulage Road Rehabilitation and Repair Program was to rehabilitate the then failing coal road network and adequately maintain the network in order to sustain reliable coal supply to ESCOM power stations in the province. In the process, the following objectives were achieved. Improve the condition of coal roads and transportation service levels. Maintain the coal road network on an ongoing basis to ensure sustainable and reliable coal supplies to power stations. Reduced vehicle operation costs and improved the safety of the coal road network for all users. The second is the Provincial Roads Maintenance Grant, and this funding is to supplement provinces' budgets for road infrastructure maintenance. Currently provides for more than 70% of the funding. Equitable share, this funding is raised from equitable division of the revenue raised nationally amongst the three spheres of government. Mpumalanga public infrastructure and roads in particular suffered immense damages caused by tropical cyclone Eloise and the heavy downfall in the beginning of 2021. Since the withdrawal of this fund, we have experienced enormous increase in road accidents and fatalities, as well as our public transport operators joining protests against government due to the damage and continuous repair of their vehicles. 
Subsequent heavy rains were experienced towards the end of 2021 and early 2022. The damages were further exacerbated by the continued low investment in maintenance activities, that is our preventive and routine maintenance. Although we have commenced with some key capital projects in areas such as Nkomazi, Chief Albert Lutuli and Bushback Ridge, this will not be enough to build a reliable and good transport infrastructure. The province has strategic routes, which supports the province's interprovincial and regional economic activities. These include the following, the coal haulage routes, these routes that provide access between coal mines and ESCOM power stations. There are four capital projects currently under construction that fall under the coal haulage road network, that is the rehabilitation of road P36-1 between N12 and Dalmas, the upgrading of road D2274, rehabilitation of road P29-1 between Kendall and Dalmas, and the road P182-1, which is north of Henrina. Our tourism routes, these are key routes which provide access to tourism destinations and corridors. There are four projects which are currently under construction and are tourist routes. That's the rehabilitation of the road D390 from Akon Hook to Klubokani, the rehabilitation and maintenance of road P170 stroke one from Crop, and the rehabilitation of P8 stroke one, phase three between Bambi and Mashishin. As I conclude, Honorable Chairperson, there are also safety improvement projects on some tourist routes which are under construction. These are a repair of a sinkhole on road P9 stroke one between Savi and Kraskop, the slip failure repairs on roads D1043 and P57 stroke one. Honorable Chairperson, our communities have become intolerant to unresolved service delivery challenges. And as we debate this policy budget, we need to ask ourselves what legacy do we want to give to our communities and what impedes us from improving the conditions of our roads. As we gradually approach the national general elections, voters will be merciful-less to non-performance. I will close with a quote from an unknown author which says, I open quote, great leaders possess special attributes that distinguishes them from others. In their acumen, they are highly conscious about the their environment in order to serve the masses and understand the direction that they are going. I close quote. Uh, Honorable Chairperson and Pumalanga supports the budget vote as tabled by the Honorable Minister. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable MEC. We will continue and we will now call on Honorable Boshoff to continue with the debate. Hi, thank you, Honorable Minister, at a meeting held on 3 May 2022 regarding the state of our provincial secondary and tertiary roads, you stated that these roads are of concern to you and that the department's approach to service delivery needs to change. This, Minister, is absolutely true, and I trust that these remarks will be put into action as we can no longer sit back and allow the already heavily burdened taxpayer to pay the price through the loss of lives, injuries and damaged vehicles, mainly due to the conditions of our roads. One life lost is one life too many. There are various factors contributing to the state of our roads. One such is the fact that the rail infrastructure has all but collapsed, which has led to the majority of companies having to resort to the transportation of goods by road. This in itself is not only an expensive method 
method of transportation for the business owner. But these vehicles place an extreme burden on the road network, as the majority of the roads are not built to carry these loads. Minister, it is therefore imperative that you, as a matter of urgency, engage with National Treasury to assist in providing even more funds for the maintenance and or rehabilitation of all roads under your jurisdiction, but more especially the rural roads, keeping in mind not to usurp any constitutionally defined powers of the province or the local municipalities. One only has to look at Mpumalanga, the province where I come from. Sorry, protection, please. The province where I come from, where I come from, to see the impact, the heavy vehicles transporting platinum ore and Ah, yeah, Mamu Bibi, you're disturbing, man. Keep keep quiet. You're disturbing, Mamu Bibi. Richards Bay and Durban Harbour have on our oh, roads. Oh, 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 Honourable Chair, may I be protected, please? Honourable, Honourable Boshoff, just a moment, please. Is there a call for order? Who is calling for order? If there is none, there is Can you allow Honourable Boshoff to continue? must switch on a video. A video. It's fine. Thank you. We will. We will uh, yes, you. we will. We will. We will sustain no the order. Thank you very much. So, uh, I'm sorry, Honorable Bosho. It is a request that members must put on their videos because usually it is even if it's not directly broadcasted, it is recorded for for later broadcast. So, uh, I'm sorry for that. We will give you one more minute, and you may continue. Honorable. Deputy Chair, my video is on. It's just that um, we don't see it. It's just that we don't see you. So it's well, fine I'm if sorry, you have a problem. It is on, so it must if be... If you have a problem, you may continue. If you have a problem... Thank you, you very might. much. Thank you. Honourable Minister, um, speaking of the Mpumalanga roads, in Mpumalanga, we do not need road signs. You only have to follow the potholes to get to the towns that you wish to visit. I wish to bring to your attention as well is that the tourist sector has been hit very hard as many bus and tour operators to refuse, refuse to travel the rural roads as they do not want to put their passengers' lives at risk. This has had an impact on the informal traders, the tourism businesses, and they need every cent to survive. As you know, Minister, the state of any roads are crucial in securing feasible investments and ensuring economic growth. No sane investor will invest in an area where the first port of entry is in a state of disrepair. And unfortunately, the majority of secondary roads in the country have contributed to businesses closing down and jobs being shed. Minister, you hold the power in your two hands, and I implore you to use it to show the citizens of this country you care by fixing not only our roads, but our transport system as well. Um, the speakers today have applauded you on the extra budget for the Monoto Corridor. However, Honourable Minister, what you did not say is that um, the National Treasury 
tabled a statement that the rail part of this project will be discontinued and to rather focus on the widening of the road. Whilst this project is underway, commuters making use of the bus transport to get to work and back are subjected to poor service delivery given, given to them by the Patco bus company. Honourable Chair, this decision does not make sense as the President in the State of the Nation address in February stated that this project is receiving the attention it deserves with the necessary budgetary requirements. Now, the community have to hear that the project has been abandoned, the rail project I'm referring to, after millions has been spent on a feasibility report. The disappointment of the Kwamashlango community knows no bounds, and once again they have been let down by government. It is evident the lives and livelihoods of this community yes, are not conclude, Honourable by yes, the ruling party. Thank you, Chair. Minister, take note. 2024 is around the corner, and these elections will bring about the change this country needs. Thank you very much. Voters... I gave you two more minutes, and you are still continuing. If, as you conclude. I'm sorry, Honourable Chair, but I was interjected and I still I gave have you two, 55 I gave you, seconds left on my I clock. I gave you two no, moments. this is not, uh, uh, you didn't, uh, I was myself. <clears throat> Honourable Bosov, I hope you, you have now concluded. Honourable Adebe, it's I over to you. I have not concluded. Honourable I counted myself. Honourable Boshoff, your time is expired. And I insist that I be given my other 55 seconds. Boshoff, if you have a problem, you can take it up, but your time has expired. Can we please respect the presiding officer, please? We will continue and we will call on Honourable Hadebe to continue with the debate. If we must respect the presiding officer, then you must respect the speakers as well. Honourable Boshoff. Can you please respect the presiding officer? That may you may continue on the Same thing goes for you. Honorable Chairperson. Thank you so much. Honorable Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members. This department has been tasked with the importance of ensuring the safety of every South African. Transport in South Africa has an effect on users and non-users of various networks. It is an enabler of economic access and freedom of movement for the people of this country. This department has severe shortcomings with regards to its management and performance of its entities. We are consistently seeing these entities engulfed with irregularities costing billions of friends. The cancelling of projects where there are irregularities is welcomed, but these entities need to become more proficient in their approval of projects as they cost the people of the country when there is no development. The development and implementation of many projects are seen and for good cause by the people as an enabler in the hope for a better environment through job access and economic growth. We have also not forgotten the millions of friends in salaries that ghost employees are being paid in Prasa, an entity riddled with problems of financial security under development and security of our rail networks. 
Unfortunately, this department is really failing to deliver on its mandate. We are all currently observing the poor state of our roads, the poor maintenance and lack of overall development. Before there was flooding in KZN, there was severe existing road infrastructure shortcomings, to say the least. In the Ladysmith area of KZN and from Bakeville town towards Kwakwa, the roads are in need of urgent maintenance. This causes problems for the local communities as these areas rely on rural tourism, where if people are unable to make use of the roads, the local people of the area suffer due to loss of income. Additionally, these areas are suffering as a result of water shortages and rely on water tankers. The roads need to be accessible enough so that the local communities are able to get tankers to service their needs. We support the committee's call for this department to provide a comprehensive national, provincial, and municipal account of all road maintenance and expenditure. They must also submit a three-month forecasting of road maintenance that will be completed. This department need, needs to work closer with the Department of Education in addressing the upgrading and setting standards of scholar transport in order to prioritize the safety and reliability of our youth. We have seen major issues with the current models that exist, and learners are the ones that are suffering. With the above mentioned being said, Honorable Chairperson, I wish to state that the IFP rejects the budget. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Adebe. <clears throat> we will continue and we'll now call on Councillor Dion de Force to continue with the debate of Sanka. Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Minister of Transport, Honorable Deputy Minister of Transport, Honorable Chief Whip of the NCOP, Honorable House Chairpersons, Honorable Permanent Delegates, and Honorable Special Delegates. Salga has recently elected new leadership that will represent local government over the next five years. This leadership is acutely aware of difficulties in service delivery. One of the key areas of delivery is transport. The complexity of service delivery in the way the constitution has divided transport functions amongst the three spheres of government requires all of us to collaborate well in delivering transportation effectively and efficiently to our people. The constitution enjoins both national and provincial government to assist municipalities with capacity. The National Land Transport Act further entrenches this view. We are happy that the minister acknowledges this and commits to ensuring that the right capacity is built. In supporting this assertion, we call upon the minister to work with us in ensuring that we all collaborate in building this capacity at the local level as well. Working together through the district development model will particularly be helpful. Another useful starting point would be to ensure that the division of revenue amongst the three spheres of is commensurate with the division of responsibilities amongst the three spheres. 
The new leadership of Saga acknowledges the role that transport plays as both an economic catalyst and support for service delivery. There are a few matters that the Saga National Conference held in March 2022 raised regarding the transport sector. And I would like to highlight the following. Firstly, the distribution of funding for roads is skewed towards national roads. The National Roads Agency is responsible for 3% of the network, but receives 33.5% of the department's budget and 65.5% of the road transport program. The President of the Republic in the State of the Nation address highlighted the need for resurfacing rural roads. We anticipated that the Ministry of Transport would then allocate dedicated conditional grant for surfacing of rural roads. Municipal roads are excluded in the dedicated roads maintenance grant. We note the impending possible devolution of bus subsidized contracts to municipalities when the service is underfunded. There is an extensive part of the road network that remains unproclaimed and unclassified. As the name reflects, the Provincial Roads Maintenance Grant includes only provincial roads, while the extensive network of municipal roads, especially in our rural areas, struggle with maintenance. Municipalities have authority over most of the road network. Most of the roads that are used for commuting purposes are local roads. These roads are not being maintained because municipalities do not have capacity and are not assisted to have capacity through such conditional grants. However, the minister acknowledges that not only provincial roads have deteriorated, but municipal roads as well. There is no direct expression of including municipal roads under the provincial roads maintenance grant. The minister's speech did not refer to inclusion of municipalities in the proposed Central Roads Data Repository. However, Saga acknowledges and appreciates the assistance that municipalities receive through the department's Rural Roads Asset Management System program. Within the total road network of over 750,000 kilometers, 131,000 kilometers is unproclaimed roads, which means these roads do not belong to any specific Roads Authority. They are commonly referred to as orphaned roads. The public expectations are that municipalities must maintain these roads, even though they are orphaned. Saga understands that the unproclaimed roads challenge hinder the efforts for rehabilitating infrastructure in KwaZulu-Natal after the recent floods. Saga urges the Department of Transport to resolve this as a matter of urgency. Saga is also aware about the intentions of the Department of Transport to devolve the subsidized bus contracts to local government. This comes on the back of the public protectors ruling on the interim contracts and the recent high court ruling in Gauteng. Should the decision to proceed with the revolution the funding must follow the function, otherwise municipalities will not be able to deliver the function. Sarah also urges the Department of Transport to find practical expression 
expression to the president's ambition of servicing rural roads that can function as economic catalysts in many rural areas. Saga also appreciates the department's willingness to work with municipalities that have been suspended from the public transport network grant. Finally, Honorable Chairperson, the budget is an indispensable tool by which the aspirations of our constituency are realized. We trust that the Minister of Transport will heed our request. We remain available to work with the ministry and department in navigating these complexities associated with providing efficient mobility for our people. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Councillor De Force. We will now call on Honorable Lund to continue with the debate. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson, Honourable Minister, time. Honourable Members. Can Can you hear me? We can hear you. It's long that we haven't seen you. Goeie goedes kaart, voorzitter. Firstly, before I start the, the speech proper, um, Councillor De Vos, I quickly had to Google you um, to see where you're from. And I wanted to start off by congratulating you because I drove through Grafrenet last week on how beautiful, beautifully clean the town is. But then I actually read down further and I saw you actually lost um, the municipality after you were the mayor and got rewarded the district mayoralship. And uh, unfortunately, yesterday, a coalition of corruption um, put the ANC back in power. But I'm sure that will not last long. As they say, there's no honor amongst thieves. But to get to the speech proper, Believe it or not, I'm going to start off the sweep by linking up with the Honorable Apleni, because we cannot deny that one of the worst legacies left by the pre-94 government is the spatial development planning. With those lucky enough still to have a job, having to spend a disproportionate amount of their time, of the income and their time, having to commute between places of work and home. It should have been a responsibility of a caring government to help address this. And this doesn't even speak to the hours and hours that loved ones lose out on quality family time because of a failing public transport system that forces more and more people on an ever congested roads. Honorable Tikani Kotiwe and Honorable Dangor, I just realized something. And in realizing this, I do have a little bit of sympathy for you. When you sit as an ANC caucus, trying to figure out how to defend the incompetences the incompetence of your own government in addressing these terrible legacies of apartheid. You just run out of ideas to defend anything. But then, lo and behold, what happens? You find natural disasters that you can blame, whether that's COVID-19, whether that's flood, or anything else that happens. I've got a story for you, and it might be news. COVID, natural disasters, happen across the world, yet it's only here that it's such a high rate, our government steals the money that should go to these affected areas and line the pocket of cadres. Honorable Mamabola, two points on your speech. Firstly, if you think the citizens of Gauteng is impressed with your performance, you will get a rude awakening come June 2024 when you cannot use your VIP drivers in traffic, and you must navigate your way to work the same way as ordinary citizens to take up your seat on the opposition benches. And secondly, 
I am, I am indeed a doubting Thomas and a denialist when you refer to Minister Mbalula as a youth. Honorable Dangbo, there is, however, one thing that you said that made me sit up. One, the select committee will hold the department accountable. That is commendable, and I will hold you to that as well, Honorable Dangbo. But the second thing that you said is that the theft of rail infrastructure should be treason. I'm more than happy that we as legislators in the NCOP take hands across the aisle to do something about that. But I've got a novel idea that maybe you might buy into as well. Let us not stop there. What about we say the theft of public resources by those in positions of power should be treason? Those entrusted with upholding and protecting the constitution, the country and the citizens we serve should be dealt with even more severely when they transgress. But I suspect when it comes to that and you have to hold your colleagues accountable, you would not want to do that. On the department's website, it proudly proclaims transport, the heartbeat of economic growth and social development. If we do go with this saying, the department claims to be the heart of our economic life. If we look at the increased unemployment, the rise in the cost of living, the stagnant economy, it is clear that there is something wrong with this heart. The COVID pandemic made everybody, or most people, much more than I expected we had, medical experts. But for those that do not claim to know everything, the term code blue is a hospital emergency code used to describe the critical status of a patient. Hospital staff may call a code blue if a patient goes into cardiac arrest, that is, if the heart is not working, has respiratory issues, or experience any other medical emergencies. We are experiencing a medical emergency with our economic heart that is not pumping enough blood through our broken railway veins, our potholed, riddled veins, with our arteries being clocked by fat, well, by fat yes, and by conclude. fat cats. The fat cats yes, that's aligned to the, I'll conclude, black, yellow, and green. Honorable Minister Fixit, or Minister Fear, I'll use the word nothing. Let me give you a prediction. The country will call a code blue during the next election and get rid of you and your party. Because despite the bluster, you are in fact Minister Fix Focal. Thank you. Oh, Honorable Lond, uh, uh, is a bit quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable Ma Marihane, you may continue. Afrikaans is a lekker taal. Isaac is niet zo in je gezicht en kom Want dat is die laatste woord wat hij zei en ik me daarna respond. Ma Marigane? Lelit? You are there. Thanks, thanks, Honorable Deputy Chair, Pastor Minister. Can you hear me? You are audible. You may continue. Honorable Lucas, I'll take some of your time if you don't mind. The budget policy vote is is occurring within the uh, the context of our economic growth and high unemployment. In order to have low economic growth and high 
the economic growth, reconstruction and development plan in or in consultation with the with social partners network. A critical part of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan is in infrastructure development. A critical part of infrastructure development is the, is the restoration and development of transport infrastructure as, the, as this will in turn positively support inclusive economic. Am I honorable David Chaperson? Unfortunately, I'm a funny, audible, you're just having a problem with your connectivity. So I think you, if you can hear me, you may continue. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Honorable David Chairperson. In the state of the nation, addressed by the Honorable uh, President Ramaphosa, spoke to four critical areas in the transport sector, which require attention and will form part of the government programs to enhance the transport sector. And these are rehabilitating the leaders, using infrastructure fund to invest in transport, implementing, implementing the rural roads program through using labor intensive methods to Construct or upgrade 
students, students from working class communities also face a similar plight. This means that it is important that as part of the development of the public transport network that it is becoming integrated and efficient. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, part of the development of priorities for the for this financial year in terms of the medium term strategic framework is safety as an enabler of service delivery and public transport that enables social emancipation and an economy that works. This is an, this in turn is, is linked to the program of the Department of Transport in terms of in terms integrated transport planning, rail, transport road, transport, road transport, and public transport. All these programs directly and indirectly should impact on creating an integrated and efficient public transport sector in the provinces which for commuters should be at the cheapest possible price. In terms of public transport by road, sorry, in terms of public transport by road economics of scale is, is required for the cheapest cost for, to the commuters to become a reality. This will also enable less traffic on the roads, especially during peak, peak hours. The taxi industry plays an important role in the public transport system as it transports the bulk of the commuters in most parts of the country. Taxi violence and protest is still a matter of concern and issues which give me give rise such protests need to find forums which and which enable the resolution of issues which give rise to, to conflict. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, the bus rapid transport system needs to be extended to more sites, more cities. In the 2020-2021 financial year, the, the grant was reduced from 13 cities to 10. It is important that the national and provincial department of transport ensure that more cities are prepared to introduce the BRT system and improve public transport. Institutional capacity and capability requires to be developed in the different cities to ensure that the BRT programs can be extended. In the, in, in the different cities, to ensure that the BRT programs can be extended, it cannot be that institutional capacity cannot be developed in the provinces to, to the extended of the program. This will enable more de development in the provinces for the extended extension of the programs. This will Honorable Deputy Chairperson, this is a sign that the public transport system is moving in the high direction. 
Honorable Deputy Chairperson, a number of regularity entities are, are being created by the department and these entities pay, play a, a critical role to ensure that functioning of the different components of the transport sector. It is critical that the economic critical that the economic regulator needs to create a comprehensive environment which ensures that costs in the transport sector are able to ensure the cheapest possible cost to the end user. The same must be must apply to the port regulator as this will ensure that state entities in the in the sector need to be need to set, to operate efficiently and be de- dependent on the market volume and handed rather than a reliance in the regulatory margins to them to the to the meet to meet their revenue requirement government governance issues are important in all entities reporting to the department and all board positions need to be filled. Senior management positions must also be filled to enable financial control and accountability. The transport sector has regulatory authorities dealing with the safety set as the rail safety regulator and civil aviation authority. The country has an Is Honorable Mama Rehani Noh? Is she still on the platform? Can we can we just hear from the table? Do you still observe her? And because I don't want to continue, and after that she might come back because she didn't hear us. It usually happens like that. But it seems as if she's she's not on the platform, as if the network have kicked her out. Let us continue and then request the Honorable the Minister to conclude the debate. Honorable Minister, over to you. Honorable the Minister. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the collapse of the... Let me first thank the members honorable members for their valuable input in terms of our 
budget, the collapse of the rail infrastructure is a well-known, well-stated reality, and uh, it affects both passenger and freight and logistics. And our answer to that is the rail policy that we have just made public. The rail policy is going to intervene in terms of concessions, PSP, triple P's, to ensure that we revive the branch lines in the country. It's a revolution that is coming, the rail policy. And at the same time, to ensure that uh, when it comes to logistics, we are able to intervene to assist Transnet, among others, uh, in collaboration with business. But we're opening up space for business also uh, to come to the party. So that rail policy is a big intervention. And none of, only one member spoke about it. Our capital program only targeting modernization is also intended to sustain the current system until we decommission the aging trace with uh, we just running, it is correct. We are running a dialectical process with We have invested in modernization of the passenger rail system with manufacturing capability having been developed. Uh, we have more than 90 new train sets uh, that have now been manufactured at Kibela factory here in South Africa, in Agurulene. And for some who have not seen this place, please come and see what we are doing there. It is marvelous, the blue train, which are named Istimela Sabant, come from here in Mzanzi, in Niger, by the democratic government. We are doing away with the yellow trains, and that is the manufacturing intervention program of the democratic state. The new Prasa trains that will run at 120 kilometers per hour have been deployed in different provinces as we speak. You go to KwaZulu-Natal, you'll find them Western Cape, and even in the new corridors here in Gauteng, you'll find them. Go to Mabupan, it's new train sets that you'll see there. Sandral will respond to you in relation to the cancellation or non-cancellation of contracts. I will be with them on Monday to explain in detail what sort of decision that have been taken. All I can tell you is that from the history of um, state capture, I will never support any corruption, even if it is coming in billions. I will never be put under pressure by corrupt people, even if they can have millions. What President Ramaphosa wants from me and the deputy minister is a proper accountability. And if the board is out of line, I won't hesitate to deal with them. They've got no right to stop any contract in this country. There's got to be cogent reasons why contracts have been stopped or they've not been processed. So there can never be an agenda to delay an infrastructure program of government. To that extent, uh, this matter has been reported at PICC, which is chaired by the president. And this coming Sunday, I'm going to meet with Sputla Ramkhupa, who's the head of infrastructure, and Patricia Dilil to align our catalytic projects, but those that have been gazetted, so that there are no gaps in relation to the work that we need to do. But uh, I've written to Sandral, 
in relation to the project. And on Friday, we'll give you a comprehensive answer. Come with your pens and everything else uh, to the media. But we'll also account to Parliament in relation to this project. World over, consultants are utilized. Hence, South African construction companies are now at global stage and working in other countries. The major projects that are paid under consultants include the following. Oil pollution prevention, marine rescue coordinator center, accident. We'll move like that. Uh, we've got to go through cabinet. We're not running a banana republic. First thing, if there is corruption in this, you are going to blame it on cabinet. So cabinet must process all the important fundamental projects in this country through various departments without uh, entrenching red tape in what we, we seek to do. The key aspect of the mobile driving license security and its verification by law enforcement agency is a key component even going to the future. SIDAC uh, regional agreements that South Africa is signatory to require that driver's license must be in a position of a physical license. It is for this reason that um, South Africa, even when we introduce the digital mobile driving license users, will be issued with both digital and physical card for verification. We've got a bouquet of intervention. Um, smart LEUs that we're introducing. Uh, we've got uh, the online, uh, we've got uh, what uh, MEC Mamabulu was talking about. If you come here in Midran, I'm speaking here from the podium of uh, role, uh, rail safety regulator from the boardroom. So I'm not speaking from a hotel. I'm speaking from the offices of our entity. So this is state capacity. I don't need to go to a hotel. So, uh, and then I have a bandwidth like all of the honorable members bent with problems to basically speak to you. So I, I, I'm loud and clear from where I am. And I take the criticism. In certain things, it should have been far. And then uh, it is indeed correct that uh, we can do better to protect our network. One thing I will not do with the deputy minister is to lie to everybody. And as I conclude, I want to thank my team, the department officials, and I want to thank um, the MECs that I work with because this is a concurrent function and all the municipalities. And then um, who should I thank uh, again? Uh, Deputy Minister, I did thank you. Uh, okay, even my PA want me to thank her. Uh, but uh, I want to thank everybody, the advisors and so on. We've got a long way to go uh, in terms of our work. And I want to thank you, honorable members, for giving us an opportunity to explain ourselves. It is not the end of the day. We are always accountable. And I think uh, uh, some of you have raised a very critical and constructive suggestions, which we'll take into consideration as we move forward. The most important thing is not for us to argue with the perceptions. We must be seen to be doing exactly the opposite in relation to what the perception is, even if it is negative. Because we can't stand there and argue with perceptions that uh, whether you are fearf 
fear nothing or you are fear something and all of that is up to you. History will absolve me. So I'm not there to argue with whether you are fearful of me or not. Thank you Thank very you. much, uh, honorable member. Thank you. Thank you very much, honorable minister uh, Fikile Apralambalula. Thank you very much also to the deputy minister, the MECs, as well as SALGA representatives that participated in the debate. We will now conclude the debate on transport and continue with the next debate. Let me just open my... The next debate will be... The second order will be the policy debate on budget vote 32, that is forestry, fisheries, and the environment. And I will now call on the Honorable the Minister, Honorable Barbara Chrissy, to open the debate for us. Honorable Minister, you are welcome. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Allow me to acknowledge our Deputy Minister, Ms. Makato Sochu, MEC is present, Honorable Tebeho Modise, and members of the Select Committee, chairpersons of entities reporting to our department, our Director General, Ms. Nomfondo Chabalala, and Team Environment, and CEOs of our public entities, Honorable Members. <clears throat> it has been several weeks since KwaZulu-Natal, parts of the Eastern Cape and Northwest Province suffered severe damage from floods. This tragic event has left many counting the cost, not only of the loss of loved ones, but also the damage caused to homes, infrastructure, and the economy. Severe weather events are phenomena associated with global warming are a reminder that climate change is already part of our lived reality. The sixth assessment report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says that by 2030, 50% of the world's population will live in coastal areas that are exposed to floods, storms, tsunamis. And these phenomena will intensify the vulnerability of communities already living in conditions of poverty. In the face of this reality, the importance of early warning systems and effective rapid response to disasters cannot be overemphasized. Over the past 50 years worldwide, more than 11,000 weather, climate, and water-related disasters were reported, while the number of disasters increased fivefold in recent times. The number of deaths decreased almost threefold since the 1970s. This is thanks to improved early warning and disaster risk reduction strategies by countries. In our country, the Weather Bureau has a proven track record in predicting extreme weather events with the recent flood warnings in KwaZulu-Natal, a good example of timeless warnings given to both disaster management and the public. Over the next three years, we will be investing over 100 million rand to upgrade and modernize weather systems to bring radar and hence forecasting in line with modern and very short-term prediction standards. Honorable members, However good our forecasting is, if we are to prevent loss of life, we must begin to climate-proof our infrastructure and our human settlement patterns. In 2020, Cabinet approved the National Climate Change Adaptation Strategy. Thus far, we have supported all 44 district municipalities to develop climate change strategies. 
the Provincial Climate Change Strategies for Limpopo, Northwest, KwaZulu-Natal, and the Northern Cape have been <coughs> reviewed in partnership with international advisors. We must now move with urgency to ensure these strategies are turned into funded plans. In the coming year, we will be assessing those of the remaining five provinces to update adaptation risks and vulnerabilities and integrate climate mitigation response emissions profiles and implementation components into municipal operations. The Climate Change Bill is now before the National Assembly and will be brought to, to this House for your consideration later this year. An effective air quality management system must begin with proper monitoring stations. The resources for air quality monitoring in the priority areas are allocated to the South African Weather Services, which manages 17 stations in the national priority areas and provides support to local government. The department also manages 43 strategically located stations outside the priority areas until the end of this year. Local government has been capacitated to take over the stations in future. These training programs are coordinated with the support of the South African Weather Service and the National Association for Clean Air. Honorable members, far too much plastic litter is leaking into our rivers and streams. And as we saw in the recent floods, this ends up on our beaches and in our oceans. While organic debris will biodegrade, plastic waste needs to be collected by hand. The dramatic scale of the problem was brought home to me when I joined KwaZulu-Natal MEC for Economic Development, Tourism and Environmental Affairs, Mr. Ravi Pillay recently to assist with mop-up operations at Blue Lagoon Beach in Durban. Following the visit, I can report to you today that Plastics SA is funding civil society organizations to support beach cleanup operations in a number of areas across Itigwini. <clears throat> Our own department will be allocating more resources to support this program because the scale and extent of the debris is beyond the capacity of provincial government. But having said this, the root of the plastic litter problem lies in the fact that a number of local municipalities are facing serious challenges with waste collection services, which results in illegal dumping. In an attempt to assist municipalities, the department engaged with Cocteau National Treasury in 2018-19 to enable municipalities to procure specialized waste vehicles through the Municipal Infrastructure Grant. Over and above that, we have further assisted selected municipalities with the purchase of waste collection vehicles and what is known as Yellow Fleet. As a result, 24 municipalities will shortly be given waste vehicles, totaling almost 44.5 million rand. In Mpumalanga, the Mbombela and Bushbuck municipalities will each be provided with two compactor trucks and a skip loader while the Bapalabora municipality in Limpopo will be supplied with two compactor trucks and a tractor loader backhoe. Compactor trucks will also be provided to the Collins Chabani and Masalionia municipalities, with one already having been, developed to, been delivered to the Machabeni municipality last month. 
Skip loaders are to be delivered to Matsukama, Mirafong, and Makana municipalities, and front end loaders to, amongst others, the West Rand, Danhauser, David Kraper, and Moses Kotani municipalities. It is anticipated that the purchased fleet will have a huge impact on improving waste collection and landfill operations. I similarly led the Good, Good Green Deeds cleanup campaigns in Philip Nell Park in Tswani, Kakiso in Mohali City, and joined the cleanup drive in Mangaung recently. Honorable members, at the beginning of this month, I released the panel review report on the artificial breaching of the St. Lucia estuary in 2021. The review found that while the beach, <clears throat> the breach was contrary to the Global Environment Fund's recommendations that no artificial breach should occur. The breach had happened in terms of the estuarine management plan, which permits limited breaching for ecological purposes. Amongst the panel's recommendations is that maintenance breaching could continue in exceptional circumstances, which need to be clarified before further action takes place. Also recommended is that Isimangaliso develop and intensify an in-house monitoring plan and build capacity to collect data. To assist with flood relief to farmers in the Umfolozi Musunduzi floodplain as a result of back flooding, the report recommends clearing the Msunduzi and beach channel of vegetation and sediment to allow water to flow freely from the floodplain to the mouth. Also recommended is dune maintenance to limit encroachment of vegetation. The panel stated that moving forward, it is clear that the St. Lucia Lake, protected and managed by Isimangaliso Wetland Park Authority, can no longer be managed as an isolated system. Activities in the floodplain and catchment areas of feeder rivers contribute to the health of the St. Lucia system. South Africa, as you know, is a signatory to the Convention on Biodiversity. The post-2020 biodiversity framework, which will be considered in Kuming, China in September this year, has three related aspects, conservation, sustainable use, and equitable community beneficiation. Cabinet has endorsed these three principles because they are in line with our own domestic policies and legislation. This means that going forward, it will be necessary to ensure that all three aspects are included in all policy documents. Moving forward, the department will be working with other government departments, including agriculture, rural development, and sanitation, as well as district and local municipalities to find solutions that will safeguard the priceless heritage that we have at Osimangaliso while supporting the livelihoods of those who live outside the park. Honorable members, in a country revered for our conservation success and which boasts an abundance of wildlife, poaching is a big problem. <clears throat> in recent years, South Africa has had to deal with more and more sophisticated international criminal syndicates targeting not only unique and rare plant species for their ornamental value, but also our rhino population and our abalone stocks. Early in February this year, we reflected on the rhino poaching statistics for 2021. And we noted that while there is a decline in poaching in the Kruger National Park, intensive poaching activities have shifted <clears throat> to 
the Isimvelo area of KwaZulu-Natal. As a result, key departmental resources have been deployed to actively support Isimvelo KZN wildlife and the South African police services. The support includes assistance to law enforcement officials and joint operation managers, <coughs> excuse me, as well as the nerve center in Klohui Umfolozi Park. As the Klohui Umfolozi Park is part of the Zululand Integrated Wildlife Zone, the National Department has also been assisting the park to link up with potential donors that could support urgent priority interventions aligned to Isamvelo's rhino crime combating intervention strategy. With the, with the additional resources from the South African police services that have now been deployed to the area and the ongoing dedicated work of the Isambelo Rangers, the department is expecting increased arrests and we will continue to support this integrated effort over the next few months. With regard to the poaching <coughs> and smuggling of marine resources such as abalone, the Integrated Compliance and Enforcement Program of the NAT Joints Priority Committee on Marine and Ocean Crime, or what we know as PAKISA Initiative 5, has had a significant number of successful operations in the past financial year. During these operations, marine resources acquired illicitly and associated equipment to the value of 55 million rand were confiscated. The removal of the tools of trade is critical to disrupt the illicit activity, even if it's for only an interim period. In order to refocus our efforts around the management of the abalone resource and how best to prevent and combat illicit trade, the department together with a broad range of stakeholders will be developing an inclusive and holistic strategic response and action plan for the prevention and combating of trade in illegally harvested abalone. Honorable Chair, South Africa's efforts to protect unique biomes for present and future generations is key to ensuring the integrity of our biodiversity. In addition to the array of national and provincial parks, municipal and private reserves scattered across the country, we also boast a network of botanical gardens that protect area-specific, unique and diverse plant species. Earlier this year, I declared a portion of land as an extension to the Harold Porter National Botanical Garden in the Western Cape. This is one of 11 gardens managed by the South African National Biodiversity Institute, SANBI. The 1.1 hectare portion of conservation estate is situated in the center of, coastal of the coastal Fanbos region, where the flora is at its richest, boasting the main Fanbos plant families, such as Proteas, Ericas, and Restios, including irises, daisies, and orchids. The Worldwide Fund for Nature <coughs> had secured the property in Betty's Bay in 2018 for the purpose of allowing Sandby to manage the site as an extension of the botanical garden. The addition of this portion of land to the garden supplements its conservation value, extends the natural wetland habitat, and serves as a natural corridor for wildlife. South Africa's first botanical garden in Limpopo, the Toyandu National Botanical Garden in the Vembe Biosphere Reserve, 
will be officially launched on Sunday this weekend. This garden, which is on a portion of provincially owned state land and which has been managed as a nature reserve by the Limpopo Department of Economic Development and Tourism, includes a representative portion of the Sopansburg mountain bushveld, a vulnerable vegetation type, which is only 2.2% under protection. The addition of the garden will contribute to the representativity of the major biomes and vegetation types of South Africa into the National Botanical Garden System. The Toyonda Garden <clears throat> will serve as a biodiversity center for the province, showcasing traditional botanical garden infrastructure and biodiversity research facilities, which will be of great benefit to the province. 20 million has been secured from the provincial department's programs and a further 20 million from the Department of Tourism for garden development and tourism destination promotion. These projects are expected to create temporary jobs and work opportunities for the local community and enhance the garden as a tourism destination. Honorable members this year, the department's environmental programs aim to create 62,000 work opportunities across the different working for programs that will target women, youth and persons living with disabilities. Through our natural resources management portfolio across the nine provinces, teams will clear 127,000 hectares of alien invasive species for the first time. Our teams will also conduct follow-up clearing operations on 450,000 hectares of land and rehabilitate 100 wetlands. The Working on Fire program will continue to provide assistance to respond to Felton forest fires through its bases allocated across the nine provinces. This year, we will support the Eastern Cape Parks and Tourism Authority in the OR Tambo District Municipality with the construction and renovation of accommodation units. 20 infrastructure projects are to be undertaken in support of traditional authorities in Limpopo, thus improving economic opportunities for emerging game farmers in the province as part of the development of the wildlife economy. Similar projects will be initiated in Ezimvelo, KZN wildlife conservation areas of the Nkanyakude district municipality. The department has made significant progress in transforming the fishing sector. To date, as you know, we have issued 15-year fishing rights to more than 100 small-scale fishing cooperatives across the northern, eastern <coughs> and Cape and KwaZulu-Natal. This year, the process must be concluded in the Western Cape. Many provinces and municipalities are involved with us in supporting these important cooperatives. I urge those of you who have not yet joined to meet with us so that we can extend programs to improve tools of trade, business acumen, and marketing opportunities for these enterprises. Honorable members, allow me to conclude by thanking the chairperson of the select committee, Honorable Tebuho Mudise, and all the committee members for your support for the department's programs over the last year, and for your continued oversight, which ensures the work we do leaves no one behind. I would like to express my sincere thanks to our Director General, Ms. Numfundo Chabalala, and Team Environment, which includes the CEOs and chairpersons of the boards of our entities for all your hard work 
despite the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. It is very important for me to take this opportunity to thank our Deputy Minister, Ms. Makatsu Sochu, for all the support she gives to me and to our environmental causes day in and day out with the never tiring energy levels. I would also like to thank them, MECs and mayors, who carry joint responsibility with me for ensuring a healthy environment. We look forward to continuing our partnership with you as we work to effectively combat climate change and biodiversity loss, as we build a new deal for people and for nature. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. I advise that you take some uh, little bit of hot water <laughs> for the dead cat in your throat. I know how it feels. We will continue with the debate and we will call on the Honorable Lindwe Bibi. Mama, continue with the debate, please. Um, House, uh, greetings to the chairperson of the House, Bob Masondo, the Minister and also Deputy Minister, Honorable House, and also the special delegates of the different um, provinces. I greet you this afternoon. Honorable Chairperson, uh, the ANC views and understands the budget as an instrument to finance government policy priorities. These priorities of the government, it is through the budget that the aspiration of our people for a better life can be achieved. And this can be found in the stated purpose of the vote, which is to lead South Africa's environmentally and and future towards a better life for all. The budget vote 32 allocates funds to the nine programs and a total of 49 sub programs under the Department of Forestry, Fisheries, and the Environment. Honorable Chairperson and members, there can be no doubt that South Africa is one of the progressive pieces of in the world. The National Environmental Management uh, Amendment laws are well designed to help advance our responsibility towards environmental protection and also meant to establish and review land use guidelines, examine land use patterns, also to determine their impacts on the quality and quantity of natural resources and to carry out surveys which will assist in the proper management and conservation environment. Honorable Chairperson, Deputy Chairperson and the members, we have a country disaster risk reductions and management legislations. And this piece of legislation serves as an model for other countries and is considered to be one of the most advanced institutional frameworks for the disaster management in the world. Honorable Chairperson, we have taken note of how the budget allocations to provinces and what the expected 
outcomes are. On climate change, one of the ways in which we can help deal in with the climate change is through putting in place a legislation mechanism to ensure the realization of this objective. Chairperson, we have passed as the parliament, as indicated earlier, commendable piece of legislation. What needs to be done is total implementation and execution of policy objectives within the given legislative framework. The devastation and loss of life caused by the floods in the provinces of KwaZulu-Natal and Eastern Cape has highlighted the grave importance of climate change early warning systems. The United Nations said that successful early warning systems will save lives and jobs, also infrastructure and support long-term sustainability. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, the budget vote will see the, the finalization climate change legislation and the bill climate change has already been introduced in parliament. This piece of legislation is very important and, and it's chapter three. It spells out the responsibilities of the provinces municipalities in terms of the climate change responsive. Honorable Chairman, government has adopted the national adoption which provides for an integrated and coordinated approach to managing adaptation measures to the effects of climate change built by all state organs including local communities. It is our oversight interest in this parliament to see the full implementation in this strategy in order to realize government's commitment to climate change mitigation plans. In South Africa, weather services is mandated by the Weather Service Act of 2001 to produce weather and climate change information. And this collaborates through a social compact with other institutions, community and research organization and provide severe weather warning and adversaries to the disaster management center. Honorable Chairperson, the purpose of forestry management, the department uh, tell us is to the implementation of policies management of forests, the sustainability use and protection of land and water and the management of agriculture risk and disaster. The forestry branch has been allocated 1 billion and 998.6 million rands over medium terms. What is of greatest importance for us as the ANC is to see 
not only outcome of the budget implementation, but we are interested in seeing the important, the impact of this budget allocation in helping transform the lives of our poor communities, especially those living within forest lands. As the ANC, we would like to see interventions put in place for the full potential use of the forestry sector to drive empowerment and transformation, economic growth and decent work, as well as the expansion of the sector. Deputy Shalom, Gitangu Shalok Uguti, Ugutata Gombuso, African National Congress, Quenta, Ugut Abantu, Bagwas, Ugutibas, Onebona, Ilokuzim, Invelo, Ganajalo, Baoning, Amashati, Ugusabaye Bezwe, a sense of ownership, Sabai Tole and Shabe, Goba, Balashabe Tosanjalo. Thanks to the government of the ANC that made good abandu bagwazu guti babenesindozabo. The ANC supports the budget, Chairperson. Giabonga Kakulu, Mama. Giabonga Mama. We will continue with the debate and we now call on the Honorable Catherine Lavskagni to continue with the debate. Thank you, Honorable Chair, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members and Honorable Minister. Life in South Africa is not easy for more than half of our population. We are struggling with a lackluster economy impacting on every aspect of our lives and more so on the vulnerable and poor people. I would have loved to say that today's debate on the budget of the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environmental Affairs will lift us out of the doom and gloom. If it was not for the mere fact that our environment that should serve as a sustainable source to ensure our health and well-being is severely challenged. This department's strategic plans and budget covers nine programs and various sub-programs as well as six entities covering environmental management, conservation and protection. In this, the fourth year of the strategic plan, there are quite a few new developments and initiatives and all management plans that we welcome and hope will be implemented with the desired results. Strategies, master plans and simply plans in general, as we know, creates hope and invites cooperation, while failed, cancelled and unimplemented plans creates mistrust and disillusionment, of which we already have enough due to years of state capture, cadre deployment, corruption, policy uncertainty on many levels, and indecisive political leadership. We can just look at Sri Lanka to realize the real impact of these scenarios. The matter of land invasions, a common occurrence and very often politically inspired, became a challenge to the implementation of the forestry master plan. An action plan has been developed for the Western Cape in terms of Section 29 of the National Forest Act. But Minister, land management problems in the Department of Environmental Affairs also exists outside of the ambit of forestry. For example, land in a province that belongs to the National Department not being transferred to that province has unique challenges when it comes to invasions and the management thereof, such as Knoflok's crawl in the Western Cape. 
These situations create service delivery problems that also have a negative impact on the yearly auditor general process. I would like to request the Minister to minimise red tape, money and working hours spent on issues that hamper service delivery by implementing a war room on land transfer and management within this department to address this issue. The biggest percentage of this department's budget is spent on environmental programs that covers the expanded public works program, providing temporary job opportunities for mostly vulnerable people of our country. Minister, this is a good program, but the Western Cape has concerns about the payment method and consequently the cash flow challenges created by the system. The contract between the national and the provincial spheres is working, but the challenges lie within the contracts with small and medium entities like NGOs when payments are not done within 30 days. Payments are more likely taking 90 days and have the devastating impact on these entities. I would like the minister to look into this matter without inviting more challenges from the Auditor General. Honourable Chair, we are all aware that we have to minimise waste to land for sites to ensure a healthy environment for the future. We welcome the initiative of including the Yellow Fleet to local governments via MIC funding as well as the support to district municipalities and local governments by training, but have a concern about the financial sustainability given the poor state of local governments are in. A long-standing problem with the industry tyres will hopefully addressed by the industry waste tyre management plan. We will monitor that, Minister. Biodiversity and conservation is an important programme, especially the monitoring of strategic water sources and rehabilitation of wetlands. Biodiversity programmes has been announced as a priority by the President. Pardon, biodiversity economical programs has been announced as a priority by the president, but seems somehow not that important according to the budget, except if the minister has in mind that the private sector will mainly fund these projects. Another target is the 5% expansion of land for conservation, which is great, but who will fund it? Minister, international agreements are being agreed to and signed, for example, UNESCO undertakings, with impacts on budgets in the areas where these sites are. In the Western Cape, we have five biospheres, and, are mainly and those are mainly managed by private entities with serious budget constraints. Our request is if the minister will consider a RAND-by-RAND support for these programs. Honourable Chair, the fisheries programme is the worst affected by this budget. The total allowable catch that has been legally challenged and where the court indicated must be scientifically considered raise concerns about the capability of research and monitoring of stockpiles to ensure sustainable harvesting of fish and other stock. I also hope that the fishing rights allocation process in the Western Cape will address the appeals and the issues of all the applicants. The appointment of fishery development workers in coastal areas by the Marine and Living Resources Fund are welcomed. Another ongoing concern is the poaching of abalone and west, rock, west coast rock lobster, lobster and a successful implementation of a focused strategy, as mentioned by the minister, would be a first, as the strategy to save rhinos is not that satisfactory at the moment. 
Honorable Chair, we are experiencing the long predicted impact of climate change through severe weather conditions and consequently disasters, resulting in the loss of lives. Air quality affecting people's health has been taken to court, while the Minister is going to convene a panel to evaluate applications for exemptions of emissions for some companies, based on the accepted argument of a just transition. Honourable Chair, we are in a tight spot and hopefully we are not weighing people's jobs and livelihood against people's health and lives. The Climate Change Bill, currently in the National Assembly, will serve as a framework for a just transition, including mitigation and adaptation strategies on all spheres of government. This bill has implications for all spheres of government and will be challenged will be a challenge for local government especially. The promised funds derived from COP26 are still in negotiation. <clears throat> what KZN is suffering from the aftermath of climate change-induced disaster. This again raises concerns if we really consider all risks when assessments are being done and if scientific research are being taken seriously by all levels of government. Minister, I do hope that the Development Bank of South Africa, as the implementing agent of the Green Fund, will step up to the plate in funding urgent mitigation and adaptation projects, while the Presidential Climate Advisory, while the Presidential Climate Change Advisory Council negotiate to determine if and how we will utilize these promised funds. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Labuskagni. We continue with the debate and we call on Honorable M. Voko from the Eastern Cape to join the debate. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson. I hope I'm, I'm visible. What's happening with my gadget? Clear as mud. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members of the House, uh, Honorable Minister Chrissy, uh, the Deputy Minister, Chair of the Committee, and its committee members, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, good evening. Honorable Chairperson, as the Eastern Cape Government, we wish to welcome the budget vote for the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment as presented by Honorable Minister Barbara Chrissy. What she presented came at an opportune time as the country um, is dealing with severe effects of climate change affected, uh, that affected KwaZulu-Natal and some parts of the Eastern Cape. Uh, the recent events have highlighted our vulnerability to climate-induced disasters and its impacts uh, hold significant risk for South Africa in general and the Eastern Cape province in particular, as we have witnessed uh, recently. Honorable Chairperson, a recent study commissioned by the Department of Economic Development, Environmental Affairs and Tourism indicates that for every year of drought, um, it costs the local economy 2.8 billion rand. It is therefore imperative that steps are taken to reduce our vulnerability and mitigate the impacts of climate change. 
Honourable Members, we support the calls for the finalisation of the Climate Bill so the country holistically deals with the effects of climate change soon, sooner rather than later. From this financial year, we have identified climate change as one of the high-impact projects that the, project, the province will seek to embark on. This is also because the Eastern Cape is an area of convergence of eight of the country's nine biomes, making it the most diverse of South Africa's provinces. It is known that the protected area system is inadequate to conserve the Eastern Cape's internationally recognized natural capital and the protected area estate needs to be expanded. We have therefore set ourselves to embark on a development of a climate change program in the OR Tambo region, focusing on disaster risk reduction and ecosystem-based adaptation, and will prioritize the following. One, a greenhouse mitigation with a focus on waste and air quality management. Two, the water sector, specifically ecosystem-based adaptation to ensure disaster risk reduction. Three, environmental education in support of community empowerment and raising awareness on climate change impacts and opportunities. And lastly, building community resilience with a core principle to co-create projects with communities. As climate change escalates in, prior and in priority, it becomes even more important to support our economy with reliable low carbon sources of energy. Over the next few years, we expect significant new investments in wind and solar farms, embedded and self-generation, green hydrogen and other low carbon sources. Through its independent power producer support program, the department will continue the work of supporting new energy projects and additional electricity infrastructure. Honorable Chairperson, I agree with Mr. Chris's assertion that we need to keep our country clean and reading our environment of unwanted and unsightly waste so we are able to provide a healthy environment for all to live in. I wish to state that the Eastern Cape is one of the beneficiaries of waste management program that the minister has spoken of. One of our municipalities, Senu, has, con has confirmed being the beneficiary of the yellow fleet provided by the department transport waste in municipalities. We want to thank the Minister and that department for that. In support of this program, we initiated an expanded public works program last year, working with seven identified local municipalities across the Eastern Cape for the preservation of the environment in those localities. We invested 35.9 million rand for the rollout of this program, creating 1,272 work opportunities. For 2022-23, we have set aside 24.6 million rand to continue with this program, targeting to create a total of 670 work opportunities. Waste recycling and the circular economy doesn't only speak to a healthy environment, but also offers huge opportunities to save valuable raw materials and energy associated with the processing of these materials. Waste recycling has shown a steady growth over the last few years. In 2019, we recycled 165 tons of waste which has grown to 1,201 tons in 2021. There are 1,690 informal waste pickers operating at refuse disposal sites, um, disposal sites throughout the province and are credited with removing 1,108 tons 
of waste from our refuse sites. Honorable House Chair, since the intervention programs initiated between national government and provinces to address the poaching of our country's wildlife, the Eastern Cape has lost no rhinos to poaching during the past two years. We believe that this can largely be attributed to the cooperation and continual collaborative efforts between national government and us, police, sand parks, national prosecuting authority, and the private sector. We agree with the minister that the rhinoceros will be better protected if we build partnerships with private game farm and nature reserve owners who have the means to breed these animals and ensure their safety through anti-poaching efforts. Thank you once more for the opportunity, Honorable Chair. We are hopeful that we will work together as government to ensure a safe and friendly environment for our people to live in. And above all, put all efforts to improve the lives of our people. I thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Mvoko. We will continue and we will now call on the Honorable Winning Gwenya to continue with the debate. Thank you, Deputy Chair. Um, Honorable uh, Baba Masondo, House uh, uh, Chairperson of the House, and you, Deputy Chair, Honorable Chairperson, Mr. Mnyambe, Chief Whip of Mr. Mohai, Minister B. Chris, Papra uh, Chris, and Deputy Minister M. M. Soju, members of the House, members of the media, and the follow, follow citizen. Honorable members, yesterday, 18 May, was indeed a critical day and the, cel the calendar of political event of South Africa because it reminded us of the day which the former Deputy President and the Secretary General of the African National Congress, Utata Waltasi Sulu, was born. Utata Waltasi Sulu was born on the 18-19-12, the same year as the ANC was founded and had believed he will be have 10, 110 years old this year. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, I believe that the majority of our members in the House will agree with me that the late Walter Sisulu has indeed sacrificed his life for the liberation of the country. On the basis of his sacrifice, I want to ensure that words of Nelson Mandela when he said, I quote, many of us have gained position, received according, and have been acclaimed. But none of us match the leadership and humility of a great man such as Walter Sisulu, close quote. I'm indeed touched by this word since they inspire us as the debate, the budget vote 32 of the Department of Forestry, Fishery and the Environment. Honorable Deputy Chair, I just as a Freedom Charter said, South Africa belongs to all who live in it, black and white. Our cities and towns belongs to all who live in it, black and white. We in ANC regard the Freedom Charter as a living soul and the heartbeat of our country. 
progressive constitution. It is the foundation of the vision 2030 of the National Development Plan. The ANC remains committed to the realization of NTP vision 2030 and to address the triple challenge of poverty, unemployment, and inequality. In the NTP, we find the highlights of key strategic goals of government, and these are aligned to the medium-term strategic frame of the government. It is for this reason that we call upon all South Africa to reach a new consensus at the president and the president uh, of the Republic, Honorable Ramaphosa, has asked in his 2020 State of the Nation address that indeed South Africa belongs to all who live in it. It is the responsibility for all of South Africans that through the social compact by working towards the reconstruction and the recovery of economy, we shall achieve our aspiration. The ANC has declared 2022 the year of unity and renewal to defend and advance South African democratic gains. We have as a nation one of the best constitution in the world. Our country constitution in section 24 guarantees to everyone a right to environment that is not harmful to his or her health and well-being. And this is in line with the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. The Department of Forestry, Fishery and Environment, one of the most important departments of our government, they have within the department nine programs and about 49 sub-programs. It is a biggest uh, department which a very huge responsibility. The department does a very commendable job under very trying, uh, trying circumstances and in carrying it out its mandate. It gains unconditional support to provisional and local government spheres. Deputy Chair on environment programs, the total budget allocation to the department is 8,947,9 billion. The budget allocation of the, of the budget goes towards environment program at around 3,748,7 billion. And the allocation increase at an annual rate of the 3% of the MTEF. The department contributes to the creation of job opportunities through the expanded public works program. And this program is linked to various entities in the department. 
give the realities of the high unemployment rate in our economy, the creation of about 314, 439 job opportunity is greatly welcome. The EPWP job opportunities do not only provide a source of the income for the thousands who had been employed, but it also provides them with the gaining of the new skills and the sector knowledge. This provides a basis upon which our people can begin a process of meaningful, uplifting their economic status. Deputy Chair on Chemicals and Waste Management, Honorable, uh, Honorable Deputy Chair, our cities and a town are filthy. Population is caused by human activities. The biggest polluters are corporations, environment, especially the mining companies, mining companies. The impact of the population of our environment is a great cause for concern. The, this vote plan to divide about 9,8% of the waste from our landfill site, and it will increase to 15%. In 2023 and 2024, and by 8% in 2024 and 2025. The percentage can certainly be increased given the challenge relating to our landfill site or and give certain municipality being unable to achieve new landfill site and the current one are running or running full. We note the initiative that the Department of Forestry, Fishery and, and presented in support of waste recital. But back center, by back centers do not only assist in terms of ensuring that our environment is kept clean. They also provide economic opportunities for the waste picket so that their waste recycle material. There are many opportunities found in the waste cycle industry, especially this recycle on metal, which contributes directly to our straight balance account as it helps reduce the total amount of steel we important as country. We do recognize that there is a need to uh, offer training and skills development for a cooperative in the waste cycle industry. The ability to offer such training will ensure that growth of the waste cycle and will have a direct impact in the total percentage of the waste that we can divert from going to our landfill site. There is a need for a renewal public-private partnership around waste cycle industry and its entire related value and supply chain. Awenzi umkondo lobu deputy chair, gembela uguti bungani abantu bagiti abaningi gangara, benga sebenzi, ebube nugunogu ngoliswa 
kwemfucuza ukungaka ezweni lakithi meaning dump and what <coughs> meaning dumps and a water population and the contamination by big industry is a great concern for the community living and working in and around this city and town where such activity is taking place. Small farmers around mining town are complaining about the contamination of underground water by mining activities. And this has a negative impact, not only the agriculture production, but also to the environment and affect the health of the surrounding communities. Honorable Deputy Chair, let me borrow the wise world of the Sisulu in 1964. He said, as long as I enjoy the confidence of my people, as long as there is a spark of life and energy in me, I shall fight with courage and determination of the freedom of all South, South Africans. Close quote. Saving Sengi Valas ANC, Iale Sega Lili Voti, Lama Shumi Amatatu, Nambi. Lumyang Wezama Chat is in Kans, Kanyelezem Ben. Ziasi Pinisegisa Uguti, Lili Voti. Kanye no mnyangu, maso pinyelela imikomo yabo ebegiwe, futi bakubege, nugu pegana na kogonke, ugu katazega, ugu vezwa, ule mkulumo mpigiswa, yevote. Lesabelo mali, umnyangu wenza umsebenzi omuse kakubu, ugu fezeni umsebenzi wabo, njongo obegwe esikabeni samashuma mabili, Anane. So, puti udinga ugwesegwa using kampani ezizime. Ngogu sebenza isivumelwano seze talagash. Deputy Chair, the ANC support this vote. Yabong. Mama, thank you very much, Mama. I will now call on the Honorable Arnold, and in the same vein, will hand over to the chairperson to continue to preside to preside over this debate. Honorable Arnold, thank you, Deputy Chairperson, Minister. The Department of Forestry, Fisheries, and Environment under your watch continue to waste scarce resources while communities staying in and around our forest are not benefiting at all. Fisheries in South Africa are currently underdeveloped. There is a need to transform and restructure the fishing industry in order to address the historical imbalances and to achieve equity in the fishing industry. Section two of the Marine Living Resources Act makes way for the minister to introduce new entrants into the fishing sector. Yet, 
what we find is that fishing is being moved away from the traditional coastal communities to service the high-end market, deliberately so. This creates barriers for coastal fishing communities who depend on fishing for their livelihoods, but also for a sense of community, as traditional fishers used to fish not only for uh, themselves and their families, but also used to donate excess fish to orphanages and old age homes. Your own NDP speaks about the importance of fisheries for the coastal communities, but small-scale fishers are not enjoying the benefits of the country's resources. As the EFF, we note the extension of the appeals process with regards to the conclusion of fishing rights in the Western Cape and acknowledge the suffering of the fishing communities under your government. Under the ruling government, fishing has become fully commercialized, breaking down social bonds that communities once had and stripping communities of their livelihoods. Under the policies of this department, we are once again reminded that this government and all its ministers have no concern for the living conditions of the poor people in South Africa. This government has no interest in the realities faced by its people as commercial interests continue to be prioritized over the needs of our people. We see this in the department, how the department allows fishing companies large bycatches, which would otherwise sustain small fishing, scale fishing. The ANC is therefore responsible for the poverty, unemployment, and inequality which small-scale fishers are suffering. The same injustices occur in forestry, where small growers and forestry communities were not even considered when the National Forestry Act was crafted. Majority of South Africans do not say equally in the natural resources under the stewardship of your department. Your senior management positions in your department for the appointment of women stands at 45%, although you set a target for, 70, for 47%, which is still below 50%. Air pollution continues to affect many South Africans suffering from respiratory illnesses. Under your watch, air quality monitoring and enforcement responsibility has been neglected. As the EFF, we reject the 8.9 billion budget allocation in the 2022-23 financial year because of your non-compliance with supply chain management policies. We reject your lack of project planning and implementation, which often goes by without any timeframes put in place. The fisheries management branches has never delivered services timelessly due to human 
capacity shortages. We reject the lack of financial management, lack of good governance, and irregular expenditure. And we demand a clean audit because the country is bleeding of corruption and mismanagement, making the poor majority to further suffer under your government. For these reasons, reasons the EFF reject budget vote 32 of the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Arnold. Uh, we will now proceed to Honorable Sochu. Honorable Sochu. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And good afternoon and good evening to all members. <coughs> to Honorable Minister Barbara Chrissy, uh, all MECs present on the platform, Honorable Members of Parliament, ladies and gentlemen. Honorable Chairperson, let me also align myself with what Minister Chrissy alluded to. As we have just seen, witnessed and experienced the recent catastrophic and fatal floods Climate change is already introducing itself in our country. And already, and rightfully so, calls for enhancing early warning systems have been made. We wish to assure our nation that our government and relevant national, provincial, and local government are working tirelessly on all these systems to ensure that the disaster risk management strategies are in place and effectively implemented in the process enabling our communities to have response capabilities as means of first aid in the midst of severe weather such as storms and floods. Chairperson, for instance, Honorable uh, Chair, after some of uh, the ambient monitoring systems fell into disrepair some years ago, our department intervened to repair some of these, which included the Pelonomi air quality monitoring station in Mangawu, metropolitan in the Free State. Our ministry undertook an inspection visit at this station in October 2021. And we are very pleased to say that the Pelonomi Ambient Air Quality Monitoring Station is now operational and reporting to the South African Air Quality Information System. It is a fact that carbon emissions are causing climate change and we must address this efficiently and effectively. Notwithstanding, we are well advised as the country to continue to find a holistic approach in addressing climate change. Through the National Protected Area Expansion Strategy, strategic expansion interventions are being undertaken to identify geographic priorities for expanding the protected areas estate in South Africa. An urgent priority for us is to ensure effective management of our existing protected area estates that has continued to provide direct jobs and further facilitate economic activities through associated value chains, particularly in rural communities. Through the South African National Biodiversity Institute, South Africa is also continuing in establishing itself as a leader in promoting nature-based responses such as ecosystem-based adaptation and ecosystem-based disaster risk reduction as part of our national climate change response. South Africa is also an active signatory to a treaty signed in 2002 by South Africa, 
Mozambique, and Zimbabwe. Through this treaty, we have seen the restoration of this important cross-border conservation landscape, where it has now been possible to return this year the rhino to Zinav National Park in Mozambique after becoming literally extinguished more than 40 years ago. To commemorate the 20th anniversary of the treaty uh, is to be set a date that will be scheduled by the ministries has endorsed the release of the rhino as fundamental process and progress in the commemoration of the Greater Limpopo Trust Frontier Conservation Area 20th anniversary. Chairperson, our government has also approved and adopted the implementation plan of the Commercial Forestry Master Plan and the greening plan of planting 10 million trees over a period of five years, starting in the financial years 2019-2020. This means our government is not only focusing on sustaining the wood, it is also focusing on production and transformation in the forestry sector. Currently, our department, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, are in active engagement with the affected municipalities to facilitate that all lease expired state lands should be recommissioned back to forestry commercial plantation with the aim to enter into community forestry agreement with the communities that are now currently occupying that land. This process has already started working together with the private sector. In this instance, Chairperson, the department will be transferring four plantations, three in the Eastern Cape and one in Limpopo. The transfer will be done through community forestry agreement to communities in line with the National Forest Act as contained in the master plan. This will be accompanied by the development of a post-settlement support plan that will give guidance on how the communities will be supported once the plantation has been transferred to them. We are not going to dump the transfer to the community. We will work together with the community in order for us to be able to make sure that they are well sustained. Honorable Chairperson, the 15th World Forestry Congress that I attended earlier this month in Seoul, South Korea, has also shown that South Africa is in fact one of the key role global players in the forestry sector. The Congress was hosted under the theme, building a green, healthy, and resilient future with forest. Members adopted the Soil Forest Declaration, which conveyed the urgent need for action to achieve a green, healthy, and resilient future with forest. It also endorsed the youth call for action and the ministerial call on sustainable wood. This will assist the country towards our initiative of using sustainable wood whilst ensuring that youth and women enter and fully participate in the forestry sector, either as large scale or as small scale forest growers. Our youth and women sectors must be embraced as partners, core investing partners in the green economy to ensure that there is equitable wood supply, poverty reduction, climate change mitigation, the restoration of degraded forest landscape and the creation of employment. Chairperson, through the environmental program, the department is also funding the, the implementation of the infrastructure project through the people and parks and biodiversity economic sub programs. I think the minister also alluded on that. Small scale and developing game farmers are supported through the allocation of seed funding for infrastructure development 
and processing facilities. These include ranching, breeding facilities, hunting outfitters, venison processing, biotrade, and bioprocessing processing facilities. Chairperson, drought threatens lives and food security and is already having significant negative socioeconomic and environmental challenges. It is therefore imperative that appropriate global attention and action is focused on addressing the drought. It is a fact that in many cases, women are more vulnerable to the, uh, to the effect and climate change and drought primarily as they constituted the majority dependent on natural resources that are threatened by climate change and who continue to face social economic barriers that limit their uh, coping capability. I think Honorable Bibi mentioned also the issues of women that are suffering because of the climate change. Waste management and the contribution of this sector to the growth of secular economy continues to receive attention. The waste sector, which has an annual resource value of 25.2 billion rent, contributes to the rapid growth of secular economy, just under 1% to the national gross domestic output, and employs more than 170,000 individuals. The National Waste Management Strategy 2020 is helping with the waste division of 21% with amount to 22.6 million tons from the land size across the country. As government continues to scale up cleaning campaigns across the country, we had also visited Machabeng, as Minister has alluded to, local municipality in the Free State recently, as part of the many cleanup campaigns our department has undergone. It is through a number of interventions by the department that we hope the waste challenges will be addressed. This includes the provision of the equipment necessary to compact waste at landfills size, delivery waste to this size, and to dispose of waste in the correct way. Thank you, Minister Christie, for prioritizing waste management in support of our struggling municipalities. A waste-free environment is important to create a country free of litter and other ways in which we all recycle, upcycle, reuse, or repurpose materials requires a commitment by all of us, all the citizens of the country. As I conclude, Chairperson, I would like to thank the minister for her leadership in our department. My gratitude is also conveyed to our director general, Ms. Nomfundo Chabalala, and team environment, including the chairperson of the boards and the CEO of our entities for all their support and hard work during the past year. I would also like to say a special thank you to our members of the select committee under the leadership of the chairperson, Metebuko Mudise. I thank you very much, chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Sotsu. Uh, we will now proceed to uh, Honorable uh, Detroit. Honorable Detroit. Thank you, Akbaru Voorzitter. What are the character track in Leewijse ontbreek op hierdie stadium by soveel Suid-Afrikaners? Trots in self-respect. Ek was deel van een parlementaire afvaardiging wat verlede week een ambtelike besoek in ons bierland Namibia afgeleid. Ons was aangenaam verrast dier by ons aankomst en soos wat ons om en dier windhoek in die nedersettingsbeweeg het opgemerk het dat inwoners wat hierdie stikkie aarde deel 
gemeen, in gemeenskapelike symbiose leef, dier die omgeving skoon te hou. Honorable members, we in Namibia have a zero pollution policy, close quote, a statement by one of the Namibian councillors. No paper or plastic waste in the streets, no sewage smell at the wastewater treatment plants, no water leaks anywhere. If this can work in a neighboring African country that has an unemployment rate of about 36.8% and is dependent on tourism and nature for survival, why can't we do the same? Minister Creasy mentioned in the National Assembly debate that plans are in place to ensure better management of landfill sites. This is welcomed, but South Africa needs a change in its approach towards real threats. So viel Suid-Afrikaanse burgers moet de kopskuif ondergaan, voorzitter. Hierdie departement se begroting is verklein, met slechts 8.9 miljard rand beskikbaar vir die 2022-2023 financiële jaar. En dit is totaal ontoereikend en die regering het skynbaar geen begrip om die omvang en die bedreiging wat omgevingsbesoedeling vir die land en sy inwoners inhoud nie. Die beskerming van holbronne is nie slechts vir hierdie departement van bosbouw, visserij en omgevingssake sy verantwoordelijkheid. The protection of our environment and natural resources is the responsibility of every other department in the country. Departments can only conserve, protect and nourish our resources if we approach it as a uh, collective and ensure that there are consequences for non-compliance. Consequences for the executive of municipalities if these municipalities do not manage their wastewater treatment plants responsibly. Consequences for the executive of municipalities if these municipalities do not manage their refuse sites responsibly. And consequences for the executive municipalities if these municipalities do not implement zero-leak policies without allowing state capture to take place. The culture of a proud nation, irrespective of cultural background, must be instilled and promoted here. Every citizen must have self-respect and understand that we have a moral obligation to preserve our scarce environmental resources. How wonderful would it be if we can unashamedly, without fear of disappointment, invite the world to visit our municipalities on Klein Dorpies, metros, and to experience a clean South Africa, a country that is proud to offer its beauty and diverse culture to tourists, investors, and the world to enjoy. Voorzitter, hier is steeds ruimte vir verbetering in die ministerkrisiese departement, maar die oonis ris op elkeen van ons om nie slechts te kritiseren van die kantlijn af voorstelle te skreen nie, maar om die flammetje van kultuur en van trots wat ons soveel ontbreek aan te blaas, om weer self-respect te heen. Ons sal dan corruptie kan verminder, want jy geweet het laai jou aan. Besoedeling verminder, want ons moet een nalatenskap vir ons kinders verseker. Onwettige jag en strooperij verminder, want ons moet die natuur bewaar, ons een skoon en veilige omgeving hee, want ons het trots vir ons self en ons medemens. The responsibility is ours to play the oversight role, but let's not fulfill this role by approaching it like outsiders and critics. Our legacy will be determined by our current actions. We must be responsible now, Chair. Neem it op yourself, vat verantwoordelijkheid en wees die verskil. Wees die verantwoordelike persoon wie jy is en ander trots op jou kan wees in oprechtheid. Dankie, voorzitter. We will proceed to uh, Councillor Pukunzi uh, uh, and, and, and uh, Pukunzi is from Salga. Uh, 
Honorable Pukunse. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, uh, Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, uh, Honorable Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment, Honorable Deputy Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment, Honorable Chief Whip of the NCOP, Honorable House Chairpersons, Honorable Permanent Delegates, Honorable Special Delegates, Honorable Chairperson Salga would like to thank the Honorable Minister on this budget speech. It comes right after the devastating floods that caused loss of life and severe destruction of infrastructure in KwaZulu-Natal provinces, as well as Eastern Cape and Northwest provinces. As a sector, we recognize that, the sim that simply rebuilding infrastructure without addressing climate change resilience means that our communities will remain vulnerable to calamities such as the one we have just witnessed. On the other hand, Salga is encouraged by the growing recognition that municipalities can be part of the solution to address climate change, especially as South Africa plays itself on a pathway to build back better from this floods and the COVID-19 uh, pandemic chain. Honorable Chairperson, the department's efforts in rallying the whole country to respond to climate change through the passing of the climate change bill are noted and supported by Salga. Salga also welcomed the work of the Presidential Climate Commission to lead South Africa's just transition journey. However, Chair, the transition can only be considered just if it is it considered the local circumstances of those most impacted. Salga has been lamenting the absence of local government representative in this presidential in the Presidential Climate Commission. Municipalities are areas of major economic development and places where the complexities and challenges of rapid population, growth and urbanization, and places where food and water insecurity and service delivery collide with climate change impacts. As a frontline providers of core infrastructure services, they, they, they are where policy implementation and community engagement happen. Therefore, what municipalities do and how they respond to climate change will affect the extent and pace of the broader transition to sustainability. Local government should thus be at the heart of South Africa's climate change action and the just transition agenda, which will have profound implications for the future competitiveness of municipal economies and livelihoods of their citizens. Salga applauds the work of the department in supporting all 44 district municipalities with climate change adaptation strategies. However, it is also crucial that smaller local municipalities with huge vulnerable populations be supported to develop and update their risk vulnerabilities assessment and climate action plans that can be packaged into projects ready to receive the much needed climate finance and to ensure implementation change. Honorable Chair, indeed, the Minister highlighted the challenge of air pollution in this country. The Department order, Chair. of... Order, yeah, Chair. Let's, uh, let's hear what you point of order. Chairperson, Councilor Zemele is hiding away from us. Nah, 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 nah. That's not the point of order. Please proceed, Councilor. Thank you, Chair. Salga applauds the work of the department in supporting all 46 municipalities with climate change adaptation strategies. However, it is also crucial that smaller local municipalities with huge vulnerable populations be supported to develop and update their risk vulnerability assessment and climate action plans that can be packaged into projects ready to receive 
the much-needed climate finance to ensure implementation. Honorable Chair Indeed, the Minister highlighted the challenge of air pollution in, the, in this country, the Department's efforts to provide support to local authorities to perform the air quality management function are welcome, Chair. As Falca, we support these efforts and we will work with the Department and all stakeholders to implement innovative technical support and infrastructure solutions to ensure that municipalities effectively perform these functions. Honorable Chair, Salka welcomes the work, the work of the Department on the White Paper on the Conservation and Sustainable Use of South Africa Biodiversity and the High Level Panel Report. We continue to advocate for the recognition of municipalities and cons as conservation, conservation authorities and appeals to the Department to continue to engage local government authorities, both as collective and individual as management authorities, towards building and sustaining a harmonious policy environment. Salka also welcomes the support of the Department to municipalities to improve waste service provision. Despite this support, waste management services are not at an acceptable standard in the country, and most of the public spaces remain littered with illegally dumped waste. It is for this reason that we will appeal to the Minister and the Department to invest in a national public awareness campaign to rally the whole of society in keeping our environment clean. This requires a sustained momentum of activities by all spheres of government and private sector to change the public behaviour towards responsible waste management practices to keep the country clean. Secondly, that there needs to be a conducive environment for the government, especially municipalities in particular, to enter into an innovative partnership with private sector in civil society to effectively perform the waste management function. Experience has shown us that municipalities on their own struggle to address all waste and other environmental challenges facing their country. We require cooperative efforts to all sphere of government and private sector to perform waste management function. Salga would like to express gratitude to the department's support as it rolls out the council induction program to equip councillors who will be serving in the environment portfolios in municipalities. This program will capacitate councillors to ensure that municipalities are performing all environmental functions and be able to effectively play an oversight role. We are also looking forward to co-hosting the local government environmental endeavor with the department and all sectors all sector partners to mobilize support to ensure environmentally sustainable and climate change resilient municipalities. Honorable Chair, Operation Paikisa has implications and opportunities for municipalities. As a result, we urge the department to ensure alignment of all Paikisa programs with municipal special development frameworks, IDP sector specific infrastructure plans and investment frameworks. This will assist municipality to leverage on the socio-economic opportunities in the environment sector and align them to their own integrated development plan and economic development objective. In conclusion, sir, Chair, Salga really appreciates the collaborative partnership we enjoy with the department and that where the critical challenges are identified, the department mobilizes the sector to resolve them urgently. We are committed to mobilizing the whole of local government to step up and contribute towards climate change resilience, putting people and nature first in pursuit of resilient world, where, where we do not just service climate shocks and stress, but thrive in spite of them all. Uh, Chair, I just want to, in, where as I conclude and wrap up, 
I just want to quote the words of Wangari Matai. We owe it to ourselves and to the next generations to conserve the environment so that we bequeath our children a sustainable world that benefits all. So as Salga Chair, we are going to make sure that our municipalities as climate change resilience. We thank you, Chair. Well, thank you very much. We are now going to proceed to uh, Honorable CFB Smith. Honorable Smith. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Am I audible? Yes, we are audible. Okay, uh, because I'm having load shedding, I'm sitting by candlelight. Uh, so if my network goes down, just in, uh, indicate to me so that I can switch my video off. Yes, please proceed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, Honourable Chair, Honourable Members, fellow South Africans, uh, Honourable uh, Minister, I firstly have to um, <laughs> refer to some of the speeches that was done uh, today. Uh, firstly, uh, the Honourable uh, Minister uh, Creasy, uh, you referred to the plastic pollution problem we are sitting with um, uh, in South Africa. Um, you know, I've, I, I came across a lot of people that, uh, you know, for example, drive with me and then they throw their rubbish out the window. So I immediately tell them, no, 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 pick it up. And then they say, no, no, but it is job creation. So, Honorable uh, Minister, I want to ask, my question is, what is being done to educate our children at school level not to dump and throw the garbage uh, all over the place? When I was at school, we had a frequent chicken parade pick up, uh, uh, picking up, up garbage. And we had a song also sang uh, in Afrikaans, Morsiors, tell up your papier, Morsiors, where is your manier? Honorable uh, uh, Minister Cressy, you warned us of the impact of climate change in the near future. The problem is your ANC administration don't take this seriously as your budget clearly speaks for itself, um, getting the, the tip of the tail from Treasury. Honorable Bibi, yes, we have one of the most advanced environmental legislative uh, regimes. Just a pity it is an unfunded mandate and impossible for the ANC administration to enforce uh, the, uh, the law. As they say, we are, we are driving a Rolls Royce, but can only afford the city golf. Honorable uh, MEC Mvoko, your speech on climate change sounded more like a letter to uh, Father Christmas, a wish list and no self-initiated plans. Honorable Nguenya, after uh, we had to listen to your message script directly from the Tuli House, I uh, realized that we should actually ask you where's the rest of the budget for this department as you are one of the celebrities in the Zondo report. Honorable Chair. 
now and smoke is causing serious medical problems among surrounding communities of which a child is currently in hospital because of it. We are still waiting for response from the Yeah, as you conclude, the honorable member. Yeah, we seem to have lost Honorable Smith there. We'll, we'll proceed. Our next speaker is going to be Honorable A.J. Nyambi. Honorable Nyambi. We will now proceed to Honorable Nyambi. Thank you, uh, House Chairperson Ntajema uh, Sondo, Deputy Chair May Lucas, uh, House Chairperson uh, Mengwenya, Minister Krisi, Deputy Minister Sochu, uh, Emissaries from our provinces, fellow members, ladies and gentlemen. I know that uh, Honorable Smith was failed by the Kendley, so that is why I will forgive him. Instead of focusing on the ball, he was more focused on the men because he could not read his speech. So the Kendley was not doing justice to him. So for that reason, I will leave him. The least said about uh, uh, many things he said about uh, honorable members that focus on the debate, the better for today. Those of us who have predisposition to playing politics during budget votes should not look further than the Northwest. Nyambi, you're, no, you're, not, you're not as audible as you should be. Uh, try and focus. And, and elsewhere in the country to appreciate what this department is dealing with. It is therefore fitting for me to take this moment to pay my condolences to families who have lost their loved ones. I also pray for strength to those who have to rebuild their lives after they have lost almost everything. Whereas it is convenient for some of us to blame it all on the ruling party, our glorious movement, the African National Congress, mention has to be made of the fact that what we saw happening with the recent floods it's an accumulation of 100 years of poor planning management. I say poor planning management 
for fear of falling into the same ditch as many finger-pointing and point-scoring colleagues are trying to do today. Years of disposition and subjugation have ensured that the vast majority of our people are condemned to inhabitable spaces of our beautiful and bountiful country. In the meantime, the minority continue to live in higher planes, building fortresses to shelter themselves from elements of the weather. But Honorable Chairperson, the time has come for the structure of our economy to be tackled in such a way that the motherland provides equality for all her children, irrespective of race, color, or creed. It starts now with the presentation of this budget by the Honorable Minister, which I'm sure we will all rise to embrace. If we do not do that, Honorable Chairperson, we run the risk of perpetrating the devastation that continues to be the portion of the vast majority of our people. We will continue to entangle the country in a vicious circle where the people engage in dangerous practices such as deforestation, which in turn leads to fatal natural disasters over a period of time. Our people scare the forest in search of firewoods for cooking and other various forms of domestic energy. This is double-edged hazard, which as I, I said, leads to deforestation, but also contributes to erosion of the ozone layer through the emission of dangerous gases from open fires, as it has been explained by Honorable Minister. The provision of clean energy to the masses of our people has become urgent, and we appreciate efforts that are being made by the sister departments in ensuring that there are multiple role players in the energy sector who will contribute to the national energy grid. Honorable Chairperson, South Africa is blessed with thousands of kilometers of shoeline that should present an opportunity for us to tap into the rich tapestry of the ocean economy. We really qualify to be labeled Africa's ocean basket. And, and all we need to do is to ramp up the efforts to ensure that we empower as many of our people to literally catch the fish for themselves instead of us catching the fish for them. We need to deal with the red tape whenever it occurs to allow ordinary men on the shoreline to run a thriving business without causing damage to the environment. Driving through Strandfontein Beach in the Western Cape, I've often marveled how men and women out of living from driving through, you see them selling the marine bounty or the size of the road. However, I look forward to the day when these men and women will be supported to start trading at a serious industrial scale. This they can do with our continued support, I'm sure will not fail when it comes to that honorable minister. Further away in St. Lucia, I also see a lot of men and women who require the same support and any reluctance to pass this budget will be a huge smack 
on their faces. May I also remind this house, Honorable Chair, that South Africa is also home to over 20 national parks, which are home to the most amazing creatures on planet Earth. It is our duty to ensure that these are We do not only have to preserve them for their authentic, but also for their contribution to tourism. I cannot count the many times I was the only South African passenger on the airline operating between Cape Town and Pumalanga, with the rest of others being tourists. They love our Kruger National Park and they really love seeing the big five. However, the threat of poachers decimating our rhinos has always loomed large, some of which are domestic, which others being transnational. Again, we need to ramp up efforts to fight the scourge of poachers, and that would be seamlessly due by adopting the budget as presented by the minister, which has been today eloquently supported by members. To, uh, as uh, Honorable Smith, you fail to understand it. These national parks should not be set aside for enjoyment by international tourists only. Sister departments should consider a partnership that will create packages necessary to promote local tourism more than just the open day or week, Honorable Minister. It is heartbreaking to learn that some communities closer to national parks have not had the full benefit of accessing these parks. They end up developing attitudes that can only be helpful to poachers who use their communities as hideouts for their uh, activities that are against the law. There are just under 10 transfrontier consecutive areas with our jurisdiction, all of which require our attention. These allow of ease of transit for tourists between international borders. However, any sort of slip up within these areas could pose a serious threat to national security. That is why, Honorable Minister, it becomes urgent and imperative that we empower this department through this budget to strengthen the various agencies working with these areas. Chairperson, we are signatory to climate change protocol and time is running out for us to start walking the talk. Our duty as the national legislature is to ensure that at all times we follow up on our commitments through cycling up monitoring and oversight mechanism. We need to ensure that the executive follows the letter and spirit of our commitment to significantly reduce hazardous emissions. In our last meeting at the Joint Stone Committee of Chairperson, we have made a commitment to move with speed in ensuring that such a joint committee is set up this year. We cannot stand aside and allow other countries such as Germany, to make pronouncement on how funds for the just transition will be safeguarded. It is our duty as this House of Parliament or as Parliament to set the pace even as we accept help from elsewhere. Honorable Chairperson, 
some people are failing to understand that these parties who have had ample time as members committee to engage and the minister and the deputy were able to assist us to understand what is it that you'll be doing and why we have to be effective and efficient when doing oversight. When we approve or when we support, we are not doing it just because it's fashionable, but we're doing it because it's responding to the challenges facing our people on the ground. Allow me, Chairperson, in conclusion, let me thank the minister and her team for the presentation of a comprehensive budget with the assurance that we'll always be on hand to lend support wherever same it's needed. Naysayers like Honorable Smith and Doubting Thomases have always been in our midst, but that should not deter us or you, Honorable Minister and Deputy and MECs, for doing what is right or what is needed to be done. That is why, as ANC, we support this budget vote. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Nyambi. We will then proceed uh, uh, to Honorable Bikris, the, the minister, who will conclude the debate. Uh, Honorable Chris. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. <clears throat> Uh, let me start by asking Honorable Labuskakhni to forward me uh, a letter with regard to the payment problems that, that she was alluding to, and I will give it full attention and see whether we can assist. As you correctly point out, we've been doing a lot to verify uh, performance before we pay because of our difficulties with the Auditor General. But um, please send me a letter and let's see what we can do because it is my fervent belief that small businesses must be paid timelessly for the work that they undertake. Unfortunately, I couldn't hear Honorable uh, Smith, but um, he, he was documenting some environmental challenges and I would like to extend the same courtesy to him if he, could, if he could write me a letter about the problems that he was referring to, let's see whether we can attend to them. <clears throat> there was a question posed about where is the money for biodiversity and conservation? And um, I think that there, there has been concern in the budget process that a large chunk of the BNC budget appears to have disappeared. It's merely um, a reassignment to the environmental programs. And it's because we have important partnerships with the South African National Biodiversity Institute, Sandparks and Isimangaliso, where we are improving infrastructure in these facilities. We are also improving um, and, and removing alien vegetation and restoring wetlands. And this program all in all is creating approximately 9,000 work opportunities. So I think honorable members don't have to be afraid that um, we are decreasing the budget for biodiversity and conservation. On the contrary, uh, we are trying to make sure that more of our resources are channeled towards our national parks and our botanical gardens, which we think really need to be creating these work opportunities. And I want to take this opportunity to say, Honorable Nyembe is absolutely correct. 
unless communities living on the outskirts of our national parks benefit directly from having those parks there, you will never have a sustainable strategy for dealing with poaching. <coughs> Obviously, uh, poaching does require law enforcement activities, but ultimately you have to find ways to pro provide work opportunities so that young men in particular are not lured into becoming the foot soldiers of, of poaching syndicates. And I, I, I really want to agree with Honorable Nyambe that, that our programs in our national parks and our commercialization strategies from the recent um, conferences that Sandparks and Isimangaliso have been holding have to be directed towards creating more work opportunities in rural areas where there's very little else. Let me um, take the opportunity to congratulate MEC Mboko on his programs to provide carbon sinks, on ecosystem restoration, uh, on green energy initiatives that the Eastern Cape government is taking, and also the partnerships that we have to improve waste management. And let me agree with him that going forward, community education is going to be one of the most important ways we can, assure, we can ensure that vulnerable communities become more climate resilient. It is not necessary for vulnerable communities to be totally powerless in the face of climate change if we are ensuring that they have relevant early warning systems with regard to severe weather events, and if we are also helping them to understand mitigating, mitigation measures that they can take. I want to thank um, Honorable Pukunzi, uh, um, our representative from Salga, for the partnership that we enjoy with Salga. It's extremely valuable to us, and I think it is helping us to improve air quality, waste management, and a range of other areas. As you know, we are always open to extending that partnership, and I think key areas that you've raised with regard to your status as conservation authorities and also um, Pakisa 5 initiatives, uh, we, are, we are open to constructive suggestions from yourselves with regard to these initiatives. Let me say that we have now reached the point with regard to FRAP, where <clears throat> at the end of this month, we will begin the appeals process. And it's only after one has applied one's mind to the appeals process that one would want to make any definitive statement on the extent to which we have or have not transformed the fishing industry. And I would just urge all those fishing institutions that are dissatisfied with FRAP um, and are interested parties in whatever way, you have until the 29th of May to file your appeals and please do so. There's absolutely no truth, Honorable Arnolds, that uh, we have not supported the small scale fishing sector. It is on my watch that we have handed out 15-year rights to 10,000 small-scale fishers in the Eastern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal, and the Northern Cape. What we are now doing is we're working with the Department of Small Business Development to develop these cooperatives and entities and to ensure that we improve the basket of species and we also involve them in the co-management of the fishing resource. As a controlled minister... As I conclude, let me thank all the honourable members for their participation in this debate. In particular, let me take the opportunity to thank 
my deputy minister and also the MECs present and everybody else who has come from provinces across the country to focus on environmental issues which are of great concern to all of us. We value your inputs and suggestions and we look forward to continuing with a productive working relationship. I thank you. No, thank you very much, uh, uh, Minister. At this point, please allow me to thank the Minister, the Deputy Minister, the MECs, Sarga representatives and special delegates for availing themselves for the debate. Uh, Honorable delegates, uh, this concludes the business of the day. The House is now adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you. Long live the day. Long live the day.